1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. You know, I don't know anybody that really enjoys being lied to here. I, I, I don't know anybody that likes that. It's certainly not a fun part of life, you know, depending upon the depth of the lie. Yank's been lying to us a little bit here, and it, it's it's bothering me now. It's bothering me now. So, Sal, I would say probably, God, I mean, I could I could Google it. You can Google it, whatever. I said last year on the station, very clearly, when I knew the Yanks were going nowhere, I want the Yankees to bleed out. Right. That was the wording that I used, right? I was actually surprised that you used those words. Yeah, well, because I thought it was, it was, it was that imperative for it to get that bad that it would be the real warning flare that ownership would say, okay, we 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 gotta we gotta mix this up. You know, we're on pace for however many wins at that point, no playoffs is before the eighty two and eighty finish. But you knew it was bleak, right? And the stadium sounded different. It felt different. The team looked entirely different. And in my opinion, the worse it got, the better it would be for us as fans. Because it would be unavoidable for the Yankees to not change their ways. And they get Juan Soto. I also thought that by now, Giancarlo Stanton would be gone. Well, I remember they said they were going to change their ways, right? After yes. the season, to yes. your point. Like, they bled out. It, they they you know, won 82 games, worst season they've had in 30 years, and then they said they were going to go all in. Yeah, they communicated to us. They told us what the new roadmap was. Here's the plan. We know that it's not it's unacceptable. We know that you know that it's unacceptable. So we're going to, we're going for it. We're going all in. This is not all in. And, you know, listen, there comes a point where even me, you know, I, I have been very uh, bullish on their offseason. I, I I have been. I like the Verdugo pickup. I like the Strobin pickup. I love the Soto pickup. But this is not all in because the Yankees are getting ready to go down to Tampa with a, with a rotation that I, I don't know how this rotation is it. You know, and I don't know that I would quite feel this way. Although I was starting to go in this direction. But then, you know, out of nowhere, the Orioles get Burns. Now, what are we doing? Like, did Brian Cashman even know that this was going to happen? How deep was he in on the talks? Well, if you tell me he was deep, my answer would be he wasn't deep enough. Because, you know, before they – it's – it's. I'm bothered by this offseason, Sal. And I'm bothered by this offseason <clears throat> because you can look at the vaunted history of the Yankees which has always usually been more um, hitter-dependent than pitcher or pitching-dependent, right? Like Babe Ruth and Gehrig and DiMaggio and Berra and all the amazing names, right? It was generally an offensive-laden team, hence the Bronx Bombers. Mm -hmm. The Yankees right now are in the unique position of, all right, he's either one or two. The best player in baseball and the best pitcher in baseball, and they're not going for it. Two Two of the best players in baseball and the best pitcher in baseball. And they said their words, and I'm glad you're at this point now because this is where I felt frustrated for a while. The difference was that you thought they were going to do something, and then Burns kind of cements that. They have missed out on Yamamoto. Now, I don't know how much they really wanted them. Andy Martino of SNY yesterday on Baseball Night in New York said that teams that offered the the, the amount for Yamamoto are thankful that he took it with the Dodgers. So it got ridiculous to a point of the 325, 300. Mm. So maybe teams are thankful. But anyway, they wanted Yamamoto, didn't get him. They made an offer to Snell, didn't get him. They were in on Corbin Burns, reportedly, didn't get him. Uh, they needed a lefty reliever. They didn't bring back Wandy Peralta. They didn't go get Josh Hader. Mm-hmm. They traded for Caleb Ferguson. And just and I'm not trying to, you know, 
minimize that move, but in comparison to their words, well, it's not all, all in. in. Yeah. And that's not all in. Yo. All in is hater. All in is yeah. one of those starters. Yeah. That's no, not all in. You're not wrong. You know, I've resisted this for a while because there was time and because Burns wasn't dealt yet. Hey, it's almost go time. It's almost go time. But, you know, before you know it, pitchers and catchers. Next week. I know. This is the team. This is it. Well, I. I that's my point. If this is it, and you know what? This is the first time I'm thinking it might be, at least entering the season. Then they didn't do a good enough job. That's it. The Yankees didn't deliver on what they told us they were going to deliver. Aaron Judge is not 24. Garrett Cole is not 25. They're in their early 30s. It is time now. Juan Soto's here for a year. If the Yankees go 86 and, I don't know, I'm not even mentally, right. whatever the math is to that, 86 and whatever, and they have a, eh, Fairly pedestrian season that goes nowhere. The chances of Juan Soto bouncing grow. They grow significantly. I don't understand this. I I really don't get how they think that they're going to enter this season with Garrett Cole and then all the other stuff they have in the rotation and think that this team's going to win a World Series. Now, please don't misconstrue what I'm saying. This is not the end of the world. This is not, oh, I give up. No. I know the Yankees are going to be good. It's a given. I know the Yankees are going to be a playoff team. I strongly believe that they will. 90 plus wins they should. Yeah, low 90s at this point. I thought maybe 95, so I thought there'd be one more move. I'd say right now, probably low 90s. I do think the bullpen will be a little bit better than people think when you actually dive into some of the acquisitions. I'm not going to get into it now because it's boring minutia, but I think even the the Ferguson move pays off a little bit. That's, That's the small potatoes. The steak right now, it ain't cooked. It's not cooked. I don't know. Listen, I could get on the air, and you and I have gone back and forth, and I can tell you, Sal, that I think Rodon's going to bounce back. I don't know. I can tell you that Cortez, Cortez is going to go back to the all-star pitcher that he was two years ago. Honestly, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I do like Stroman, but his second half was very alarming last year. I like Clark Schmidt, but where are we at? Where are we at with the innings jump? Like, I don't understand how they told us they were going all in, and I gave them space. I get, I was not up there behind. I defended them. I'm right. like, nah, there's more coming. You nah, believe there's gotta them. Be more. Yeah, you trusted them. I, well, I I did because I Cashman, thought. Cashman. Well, I, now, that's how? more how. Well, still. Not, I, not, not Cashman. More how. Like I never once in the last five or six years put any faith in Cashman. The reason why and they're I penny thought, pinching on relievers now, even like well, that's that's a, a new low. Well, the reason why again the real <laughs> the reliever market. I hear you. Haters of power flex. They didn't do it. The reliever market. Who's the dude they it traded changes for? every year? The, Ferguson. The, no, no. The other guy the last year that they traded for from the Angels, Middleton or something. Can, um, the the righty reliever. They, they thought they, they were well, going to get just him did back. It? No, last year at the deadline, didn't they get him? Oh, and then they got rid of him. That guy. Well, they thought they were going to be able to bring him back, but yeah. he went for more money than they expected. Well, I mean, like, listen, these are little things that add up. But again, I'm talking about the main piece of the entree. That's what I'm talking about. The main piece of the entree. So we will be at the Hard Rock. We'll be out there. We'll be doing the show on opening day. Can't wait. The Soto Buzz is going to be great. Judge Cole, fantastic. At least the home opener. What about the rest of this rotation? I don't understand how you could straddle the fence at this point. I don't understand that. And if I'm saying this, right? because I have really believed that the Yankees offseason has been a lot better than people have positioned it to be, they have not done what I believe is they, they, they were required to do. They have fallen short. And to me, this is more, and I've been saying this for weeks, as you know, this is more about the organization than it is about the team. The team will be okay 
Are they as good as the Orioles? No. Are they the best team in the American League? No, they are not. Are they, you know, a lock to get to a World Series? No, they are not. Eh, I know it's never a lock, but they're they're not on that top level like the Yankees should be. But it's also not like this Yankees team, you know, like the the, the Mets fighting for a playoff spot. The Yankees should be a playoff team and should be competing at a high level. They're just not as good as the best. And off of the year that they had last year, they needed to do a lot more. And they said, this is the biggest crime, they said they would be all in. And the moves that have followed are not. It's, yeah, but. We want Snell, but at our price. We want Yamamoto, but at our price. We want Burns, but at our price for the prospects. We like Juan D, or we like uh, Keenan Middleton, I think was the guy. We like Middleton, but at our price. I mean, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah, sure, we need a left reliever. We're not going to get hater because he costs too much. What? Well, That's of, what they're doing. Yeah, yeah uh, listen, it's like, and I just went through this with the car process. You're going through this with the home process. Mm-hmm. You know, specific to cars, it's like going in, getting a nice car, trying to get a nice car, and saying, yeah, but you know what? I'm going to skimp on the mud flaps, and I don't really need the extra two speakers, and, well, this leather package upgrade, this is a first-world issue. I'm not trying to sound like a jerk, but right. the people go through this. You know, this leather package is is nice, but, you know, it's, right. it's a little much, but I'm going to have the shell of a great car, but all the other accessories, I'm going to skimp a little bit. It's, what it's are we doing? Simply, BT, it's not all in. They, I, I agree they, with you. Their words, their words were we're going all in. The actions did not follow. That was my fear to start this offseason. That has now come to fruition. The New York Yankees talked a big game. They didn't back it up. They have not. They have not backed it up the way that I thought that they would. I cannot dispute that. This is the first time I'm saying it like this because the first time I really feel it like this. But Sal has been saying this for a while, and, you know, it looks like you're right. I, I I can say that. I mean, pitchers and catchers. Are I mean, you got to come week. real once in a while. You can't just keep kicking things down the road. Like it's easy, and and, and I really believed it. Like I didn't just say I I, I believed right. it based on what they told us. Everything, the field, the optics of the season. I thought it was all in. I thought they were going to slam that gas and go ninety Burns on the freeway. They're going sixty two, and they're just cutting in and out of lanes trying to get there. If they no, got, if, step on the gas. If they got Corbin Burns, this is, we're not having this conversation, right? Not at all. Uh, that's what I mean. Then it would have been okay. Look, they got Burns. They got him to pair with Gary Cole. Any one of those moves, Yamamoto, Snell, Burns, we throw in Bauer, Hater. Any one of those moves, we can't dispute it. Right now, they yeah. didn't finish the job. Didn't finish the job. 877-337-6666. BT and Sound on the fan. All right. It is a, a day of recognition, and I am recognizing that the Yankees have fallen short of what I thought that they would do. We're inside of our Town Fair Tire studio. Uh, friends of Town Fair remind you that you always get the guaranteed lowest price on any brand tires from Connecticut to Maine. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. All right. Richie Queens, first up. BT and Sound on the fan. Rich, what's cooking? Hey, guys. Uh, boy, BT, what a turnaround. What am you know, I wrong? Sal Rich? Is he hello. Yeah, am, am I wrong? Listen, I'm not just gonna. No, blunt. you're not wrong. Okay. But I'm just saying, Sal was kicking this all in to a point like two weeks ago. If I said if I hear that one more time, I'm going to snap. He happened to be right. At this point in time, they haven't gone all in. Nope. The difference between them and the Mets. The Mets made a comment that they wouldn't be all in, and they have not been. And the Yankees said they would be. Hater would have been a big plus. Obviously, Corbin Burns. So yeah. They are so far from being all in. And, you know, you, you could say that for a lot of teams other than maybe the Dodgers, what they've done in Baltimore picking up Burns was major. And, Sal, you, t- you brought it up. 19-game difference last year. The Yankees making up 10 of it? You get Corbin Burns now, and all of a sudden now with the Yankees rotation, the question marks on Rodan, who I, I was a big believer in him. He played for my team. But, yeah, they have not been all in, and uh, – 
Cal, I hate to say it, but uh, you were right. Well, why do you hate to say it? I mean, just say it. You yeah, know, I enjoy sometimes it. Sometimes I just disagree. <laughs> and, with and by some the way, it's not. It, well, and, and that's fine. We appreciate that, and that's what this is about. Like, it's not even about being right or wrong. I was legit, BT, surprised that you were okay with the way. Now, I know Juan Soto. And and every time even I said the Yankees have fallen short of all in this offseason, I acknowledge how great of a move Juan Soto is. Like, if they only had one move to make, Juan Soto was it. That would be the one move. And they went out there and they got him. So they get credit for that. However, you can't say all in and then come up short on four or five different guys. And that's exactly what's happened here. And to his point... You know, at least the Mets, I don't love what the Mets did this offseason. Really, they haven't done much. But at least they said they weren't going to do much. And I can understand it. That's where I'd have an issue with the Yankees. They said all in. Instead, it's Cashman believing in the players that he has to bounce back from last year as opposed to finishing the job in the offseason. Yeah, but, you know, I know Cashman's going to get pulled into this. I'm going right to Hal. Or Hal, fine. Whoever. I'm going right to He owns the freaking team. Well, Cashman said all in. Hey, okay. well, I, I hear you. Listen, here's what bothers me. <clears throat> It's twofold. It's apparently money, but it's also holding on to these prospects like they're the whole diamond. Right. The crown jewel. So, But that's been their M.O. I know, and it hasn't worked. So, you know, you don't get Josh Hader, five-year deal with the, was it 100 mil? I think it was five years, 100 mil with the Astros. Okay. So now you see the Yankees are not ready to spend that kind of money. That's the monetary aspect. But now you go to the burn stuff, and they're, again, reluctant or unwilling to throw out the prospects there. So... So when, it's like a double whammy, Bingo. and 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 it, that that is a big problem for a team that must win now. And, and this is the exact way they've been operating that led them to an eighty-two win season last year. It was supposed to change. It's the same stuff. You know, listen, um, I. I the 82 wins, and I'm not going to do that now because I, I don't want to just completely flip on this. You know, I know where it's I'm, about you know, the you know where I'm staying. I, I, oh, you know where I'm disappointed. I'm not burying the right. lead. The Yankees did not do what I thought they would do. They have not. But I still think they're going to be really good. And the 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 context from a year ago, because I do think Rodon bounces back enough. Uh, I know I know Rizzo healthy is going to hit some bombs. I think Volpe should be better. Dominguez comes back in the middle of the season. You got one. You Soto. sound like Cashman now. Uh, you know. But but that's not the point. The givens that they right. have. This they are so close to being so dominant, and they are just not willing to run through the the tape at the end of the race. And I don't understand why. Mike is in Belmar, and don't tell me about money. You print money, Mike. What's happening, buddy? BT and Sal, what's good? Boys, what's up? Uh, so the other day you had me going back and forth talking about exactly what you're talking about, which I'm going to make a point about in a minute with the Yankees. And the Knicks feeling so good about that, you you were tearing me apart because I was going back and forth between the two. But, yeah, not all in. Um, but I really struggle with it because it's, yeah, it's Hal's money, 100%. The problem is Cashman, and, and Hal doesn't want to get rid of Cashman, but he doesn't want to keep spending the money because Cashman keeps burning him with all the moves that he keeps making. Like, you guys think about it, too. They, they need to go all in. But that move with Soto, when you only have him for one year right. guaranteed, you need, you need to go all in because you're, you're committing to this year. You don't know what's coming beyond this. So you did need to go all in. But they're kind of like in between because it's all of these moves. Stanton, Ellsbury, going back to that, looking at all these guys, they're still paying Donaldson. They went in on Severino. They did the whole – because that's the thing about Cashman. He's a copycat. What did he do? He, he tried to get Severino, bought out their contract, Severino and Hicks, and it turned into an absolute nightmare. Yeah. So Cashman keeps spending Cal's money – and wasting it. If you guys keep spending money on something over and over, even if you have it, 
at a certain point, you well, get sick of spending money and wasting it. Understood. No, no, Mike, I get it. That's a good call. Appreciate that. Let me, I don't want to just be the guy who rants and raves. I'm also a, a believer in providing answers. Right. So let me tell you what I would do if I was Hal Steinbrenner. The first thing I would have done, Fire Stanton's gone. Oh. Well, I would have, yes, oh, okay. I, would have, I would not have extended Cashman. Right. Cashman would have been out. Yes, no question. You're right. That would have been one. Then. But, but right, understanding that they weren't going to do that. So working off okay. of the premise that he apparently is here for life, um, that's why I kind of bypassed right. that. But no, right. good checkpoint. You're right. That's the first thing I would have done. With all due respect to Brian, who's had a great career, I think it expired to an extent. I would have moved on. He's still here. He's not moving on is what it is. Stanton, buy out. Get lost. You're useless. And by the way. You can't do anything. Even that in itself would have been a move to show us yeah. they're operating differently. But now let me show you the next move because that would only not only impact this year, but also the next three or four years moving forward. Once I buy out Stanton, and don't tell me there's not a team out there with some incentive, whether it's a lower-level prospect that you like, you throw that in the deal to trade him wherever you eat 70% of the deal. The Marlins are already going to eat $32 million of the remaining money. There's a way to do that deal. 100%. So don't tell me that there's not. So I would have gotten rid of him. And then the flexes, in addition to either a Burns trade, a Snell signing, or a Dylan Cease trade, I would have signed Bellinger. Now, the difference is, I like him a lot more than you. But still. But I would put him in the outfield till Dominguez comes back, okay? And then I mix and match a little bit based on who's hot, who's healthy. And then next year, Rizzo gone, Bellinger, age 28, my first baseman for the next five years. That's the move that I would have made. For me, it would have been Hater. I mean, I would have loved Hater and Burns. That is now Dodger level all in. That's vintage Yankee yeah. level all in. By the way, they could have. They could have gotten Burns for prospects and Hater for money. Those are the power moves. If not, let's say no Burns, no Snell, no Yamamoto. Go get Bauer and Hater. Those are the flexes that the New York Yankees should be making. And it can't be, well, we didn't need a bullpen arm. Because you did need a bullpen arm because you traded for Caleb Ferguson, who's not Josh Hader. So I, I want all-in Yankees. This is not. You said all-in Yankees. You're operating like same old Yankees in recent years. And because they're so chintzy with these prospects, I've got no faith that when it's time for the White Sox to deal Dylan Cease, that the Yankees will find a way to get this deal done. I don't have any faith with that. I don't. I do have faith that they'll that they'll get a deal done for a starting pitcher who, I don't know, will be hurt the moment that he shows up. Like all the other starting pitchers' right. moves that they well, make. Well, that's the other thing to the call's point. Every pitcher that Cashman goes out there and brings in. He finds all the guys that can't succeed in New York. And by the way, it's still ongoing with Carlos Rodon, who is going to be a make-or-break year for him, which if it's me, like that's got to be the last straw for Brian Cashman, no? If Rodon's a bust, how do you justify keeping him on? You you don't, but there's other things that happened before that that would be tough to justify Uh, the extension, but I, I know what you're saying. All right, BT and Sal back here on the fan. 1026 is the time. 877-337-6666. Now, it it bothers me, so I want to make sure that I'm getting separation and I'm not turning into this guy. And I know I'm not, but I do need to point something out. Like, especially the younger Yankee fans. I love you, but you guys are so misguided. Where all you know is championships. You didn't go through the lean years like I did. And obviously older Yankee fans did as well. So you think it's just every year is going to be a shopping spree and the Yankees are, it's their birthright to win you know, 100 games. And we, we know that those days were obviously old. You know, those fans aren't that young anymore. That's true. The younger Yankee fan. Yeah, I guess when you look at it that way. Right? Like yeah. You're talking about now. That's fair. 
20 years, you know, 24 in 2024 year. They, they've see. won, what, the one World Series since, yeah, 2009. 20, since 2000. Yeah, uh, so yeah you know, that's true. So I, I, maybe I do need to restate that. But, but you're a always, certain right. fra- yeah. a fragment of, right. of Yankee fans are conditioned, while that number is waning a bit, you're right, they're conditioned to just think this. these are the old days. No, no, this is not about this unrealistic greed or this this expectation that is unattainable. What I'm saying is that the Yankees have a very special and unique set of circumstances this year because of Judge, because of Cole, and because of the star that they imported in in Juan Soto. And unless something happens, and I'm telling you today for the first time, I don't think it is before opening day, and I thought it would, and I'm apparently going to be wrong. That's why I'm bothered. You're going with the number two guy behind Garrett Cole, had an ERA of almost seven and a whip of one and a half, and as my partner points out, now I hope he's proven wrong, he showed nothing, forget about the numbers and stuff, that he's going to be a fit in New York. Right. And then you get to Cortez, who we all love, you know, great story. But let's face it, you know, a little bit of a gimmicky pitcher, you know, that's not going to throw by you. And you can win that way until you don't. And he missed 20 starts last year. He was hurt. He got knocked around. His ERA was almost five. And then the guy that you bring, and I think Strowman was a good pickup, but his second half was alarming. There is a chance that this Yankees rotations in flames by the middle of May. Do you? And think, they're not doing anything about it. Do you think that they know they need another arm? If they don't, they are idiots. Well, okay, and I don't. Right. Be, and I don't believe that they're idiots. Well, I don't. Well, I think that they're stubborn. There, there's proof that they do believe that they need another arm. Right? They went after Yamamoto. They offered Snell. They were in on Burns. Like, those are signs that say that they know they need another arm. It's not like they say, you know what, we don't need a number two because we have uh, Carlos Rodon. They have shown you, at least with the interest, they made a legitimate offer to Yamamoto. may not have been the the highest total, but it was a legitimate offer. It was the highest per year. I got no problem with that. They made an offer to Blake Snell. We don't know where else the other. They were reported to be in on Burns. We don't know exactly yet what the package was, but we know they were in. So they know they need another starter. The, the problem is, why aren't they getting it done? They're the Yankees. Go get it. They they keep putting up this wall, this the, the limitations. It's like, yeah, we need it, but. Same thing with the relievers. Yeah, we, we want relievers, but we're not going to go to this extent. Like You know what I don't understand? And you're right what you just pointed out. Like, just think about self-preservation, which is a powerful, powerful thing in business, right? Yeah. When things are going awry... Everybody's got to save their own ass. That's just the bottom line, right? right. That's that's the way the world right. goes. Okay. Can somebody tell me how New Brian... program director comes in? Oh, <laughs> not my problem. Oh, yeah, PT's yeah, ringing. It's for this, Sal. He carried his weight. That's every man for himself right. when we get this new PD. Um, but I don't understand how Brian Cashman... And I know he's got to have this incredible sense of security, obviously. But he's not... It's not like he's 40 years old. And he's been doing this forever... And despite us saying kind of flippantly, like, ah, he's got a job for life, he doesn't. So, like, if you're Brian Cashman, why are you holding on to these prospects? Doesn't he think that he's got to win? Doesn't he think that? I would respect him more for just doing what he believes is the best job. The problem is they've done this move repeatedly. Yeah, we want Luis Castillo, but not at the price that you want. And I'm not getting to specifics with that with Volpe or whatever. But just an example. Luis Castillo is the best arm available. They want him. They yep. try to get him. They don't because they don't go all in to get him. They end up with Frankie Montas. No, it was it's, hurt. It's the same and gone. stuff with this team. 
The Bronze Bombers. They used to be the gold standard New York Yankees. They used to operate like the Dodgers operate now. They have turned into the Bronze Bombers. I thought it would change this offseason after they said all in. Matter of fact, I didn't even think it was going to change this offseason. But there was a point when they got Soto. I was thinking, uh oh. Mm-hmm. And then they said all in. And, and then, then it refer- felt like they were going to get Yamaboto. Yeah, it bingo. felt like they were getting him. Bingo. And then once they missed out on him, Ooh. and now they're happy that they did miss out on him. But once they missed out on him, that's it. It's not all in anymore. And yeah. it is the Bronze I mean, I don't know if they're happy that they lied. I don't know. Is that a report? Are they happy that they missed Andy, out on Yamamoto? Who's saying that they're happy? Andy Martino on SNY, who's as plugged in as anybody locally, said it yesterday on Baseball Night in New York that the teams that offered Yamamoto, once it started to get out of control, talking yeah. $300 million, they're all breathing a sigh of relief that he didn't sign. I mean, I would think that the Yankees would have wanted to hit on that, but who the hell knows at this point? Not, a, right. not, not. Well, I mean, there's a reason why the Yankees didn't go over the three. They thought they were extending themselves at the three hundred million and being like, "Dude, this is ridiculous already." Yeah. Yep. And then once he says no, you're like, you know what? We didn't think he was worth that anyway. All right, let's get back to you. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Greg's in Robway. He says Yanks actually have done enough. All right, Greg, what's happening? Morning, fellas. Hello, Greg. Good. All right. Uh... I think they're done for the year. I think they're just going to uh, stay with what they got. They got Soto, and Judge is going to make a big comeback, and the other players are going to bring up their games. So I think that's about it. And for next year, I don't think they're going to bring back Soto. It's a well, one-year I mean, deal. I, I, I can't even get wrapped up in next year now. But, I mean, listen, Greg, I, what, okay, Greg, who's pitching? Uh, I guess they'll figure that out as they go along. That's reassuring. They'll figure it out as they go along. I'm not trying to be dismissive, Greg. Thank you for the call. They'll figure it out as they go along, like they always do. Yeah, with I all mean, these other, on. you know, desperate, you know, B minus C plus moves at the deadline to try to propel them past whomever they need to be propelled by or past. Now, listen, I, I can, I can, I can honestly get on the air today, and I won't. But just to prove that Greg's not entirely nuts, I can tell you why I think I read a good article on Volpe over the weekend. Mm-hmm. The gains that Volpe will make and what Dominguez will be when he comes back, and Judge and Soto back yeah, to back. And I, I know picture. all of that. Who's pitching? Right. And and by the way, you may be able like the Yankees might add somebody to the deadline. I would expect that they would if things are going south here. Maybe they add an arm. Not going to be Burns. Right. There's no guarantee it's going to be the right one or the best one. And their words coming off this season. This is the bigger issue. This is a, a side story from what this team can do this year. That's another conversation we'll have next week or beyond where we expect the Yankees sure. to finish in the American League yeah. and the American League East. We'll get there. This is not that. This is about this organization failing miserably last year for whatever reason, one way or another. Historically bad season for them. Like oh, yeah. 82 wins 30 for them. 30 years, man. 30 years, okay? Off of that year, they said all in, and the actions don't back it up. That's the big issue here. Not that this team's going to be an 85-win team or an 82-win team again. Mm-mm. The issue is that the Yankees told you they were going to do one thing, and they were doing another. Let's get Forrest in Hoboken, BT and Sal. What's happening, buddy? Forrest. All right, Forrest. Yes, hello. Uh, oh, running, running away. Go ahead, oh, Forrest. No, 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 I'm here. All right. First time, long time. Nice. Uh, so... I heard what you were saying. You almost got to my, my point here. You know, I agree that they didn't go all the way and that maybe they were so close they just didn't run through the tape. And you just really touched upon something, though, that I was thinking about, which is maybe they were willing to do it. They did spend a lot of money already. 
and they were willing to go a little further, but they couldn't get exactly the right player for maybe the right money. And yes, I know they have the money; they should have just spent it anyway. Mm-hmm. But maybe they were that close to saying, "Hey, we're going to contend. There's going to be different people that we think are going to be available at the trade deadline, and we'll be able to put it together." Maybe you know, not saying that that's not flawed thinking. But that may be, you know, we don't know what, what, what all the machinations are. And I giggled at one of the earlier callers who said, hey, how said, hey, I don't mind giving you all the money. I have the money, but like, look at all the money you're spending. And it's like, it's just thrown it away. Like, why do I keep giving you my no, money? No, no, listen, just, Forrest, you know, that, that's, that's a sen- it. it's a sensible take. It, it's, it's a sensible. But the problem is, like, now you have to hold out hope unless Blake Snell bites because there's no, no other deal to be had. Or Jordan Montgomery suddenly says, oh, yes, I, I'm not mad at them like I actually am, and I want to go back to the Yankees, which is not going to happen. You know, you're now relying on other teams to, one, put their best pitchers available. Now, one is already off the market in Corbin Burns. Right. Two, other teams may be having a more valued farm system and a more attractive deal that would entice the other team, whether it's the White Sox or maybe another team with, with an ace that's going to be moved, to make a move with another team and not the Yankees. And what you can't control is the amount of money and, and checks that you cut. You could have controlled and offered to Josh Hader. You can't, see, you can't control how people view your prospects. You can't control how much you make them think based on the check you put in front of them. And the Yankees weren't interested. And it's not just money. It's both. Again, yeah. it was yeah. the prospects for Burns, money for Hader. And it's a repeated Issue here. It's the same pattern for this Yankee regime. The same thing. They're either reluctant to spend with the money, uh, spend the cash, or reluctant to spend the prospects. You can't improve if you can't give one or the other. All right, they did it for Soto. Great. That's the first sign that showed they're different now. Giving up the prospects to bring in Juan Soto. Follow it up. They flirted with Yamamoto. Flirted with Snell. Flirted with Burns. Get the job done. (sighs) Flirting doesn't get the job done. You know what I mean? Mm. You end up home by yourself. <laughs> Unless you got somebody else in reserve on the old phone, you know. Yeah, but that, uh, yeah right. But that hasn't worked out <laughs> for the Yankees know. either. We know uh, how that ends. Oh, geez. All right. So uh, I'm not happy, but I am <laughs> honest. I, I am brutally blunt about this offseason that I had massive hopes for. And the Yankees, while they certainly haven't whiffed because they brought Soto and some other players, it's underwhelming. And that is unacceptable at this point. All righty, BT and Sal, back here on the fan. Brandon, Tierney, Sal, Licata Show, 877-337-6666 is the number. Uh, we got a special baseball guest coming up at 1 o'clock today, Mr. Sal. It's Buckmas in February, Merry BT. Merry Buckmas, Sal. Merry Buckmas. I don't think anybody's heard from Buck, correct me mm. if I'm wrong, since... Been quiet. You know... Yeah. Since it was over Since with the, the Mets ma- made him fire himself. Yeah, well. Basically well, what they did. Hey, you If I'm Buck, I'm that? pissed. No, you can ask him about that, oh, I'm yeah. sure. If I'm Buck, I am I feel as if I've been betrayed by the Mets. Now I don't know that he'll say that, but we'll delve into well, it. Well, we we're gonna ask the questions. He can <laughs> say whatever he wants. Yeah, we got a lot of questions that we want to ask, but you know I love Buck. Uh so do I. You know, Huge a, fan. A year ago I was down there in Port St. Lucie hanging out with him in the dugout. I saw the you picture. My, yeah. Wait, so you mushed the Mets on this is what you're telling us. I, I actually well, I uh. went down there after the Diaz injury, so I didn't feel like it was my <laughs> issue. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, did you God. go down the previous year when they won 101 games? I did not. No, okay, no. so maybe it's uh, maybe you did mush him south. Uh, Buck is going to be here at one, and yeah, I, I really am curious. I need an answer to this, and we'll ask him all those things that you know we know that you want to hear as Mets fans, and even some old school baseball stuff with the Yankees. But I need to know how nobody had Alonzo's back when he kept getting drilled, and I also need Buck to explain to me and to us, by extension, obviously, 
the role of the manager in that situation with mm. nobody stepping up and doing something about it. I know it's not the 70s and 80s, uh, but that was that was probably my biggest gripe with the Mets last year. I knew that they weren't as talented. Buck didn't have a lot of horses, but right. that was inexcusable. And uh, it's going to be a good chat. We I love can't Buck. To, it's yeah. going to be great. I've never had him on before. I've talked to him in person. I've never had him on the air, so oh, I'm really? looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. I think I had him on once when I was at the other station when he was managing the range. No, when he when he went to ESPN TV. Okay. Uh, but it was so long ago. Right. I don't I don't even assume that he would remember it. it. Probably he probably doesn't. So that's coming up at one. All right. BT and Sal eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the number. Paul North Arlington. The Yankees did not go all in, and it's bothering me. What's happening, Paul? What's going on, guys? I don't know if you remember me calling a couple weeks ago and explaining to you guys that they needed to sign another pitcher like Bauer and so on, and they just completely didn't do that. They're disregarding their their problem that I've been saying for five years has been the starting pitching. The fact that we have only one starter, one true starting pitcher is absolutely insane. Radon's a question mark. Last year, Severino was awful. Then Cortez was hurt. What is the back end of this pitching rotation? Well, they get Stroman, so Severino, are, Severino's well, out. You have currently three pitchers right now that are out of the market that you can get, and they're not even questioning it. They just let Burns walk away from them, and they're just not looking to like make any improvements in the starting pitching, which has been the problem since 2017. Since 2018, since 20, every year has been the same problem with the starting rotation. Every year. That's, you're not and wrong. And they just don't have arms. Yeah. I, well, that's not the only problem. I mean, left field's been an, an albatross. Uh, they haven't had a real true leadoff hitter for a while. Postseason for, hitting has been the yes, biggest issue legal. as far as I'm concerned. Contact. I, yeah, but that's something that... You hope Soto could fix, Verdugo could fix. Obviously, they got to get there to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Judge, you know, we talk about this with Julius Randle. Judge has to be regular season judge in the postseason. We haven't seen that yet. We yeah. haven't seen him carry this team for a series yet, certainly against the top pitching against the Houston Astros. And this is going back to 2017. So we need to see that. However, there are issues in the rotation. And my bigger issue is just that they are operating less than. They're the bronze bombers. This is New York. This is the New York Yankees. They should be the gold standard. They used to do what the Dodgers did this year, and they haven't done it. And the worst part is, BT, they told you to your face they were going all in, and this is what they ended up with. Now, the the ironic part about what Sal just said in this conversation, we, we've kind of had this discussion before. The only difference is, up until today, I've always resisted it. Right, because thinking there was more. Yes. You, I, I, for you guys to understand where I am today, February 6th, we have to go back to where we were December 6th, which is the day that they actually got Juan Soto. And, you know, I remember, you know, trying to get to the North Pole and see if Santa can scrounge up a Juan Soto jersey right. because it was kind of late in the process. We didn't hope we would. Luckily, Santa was able to deliver. Oh, Shout out that. to the okay. elves. Yeah. Good job by them, uh, as always. But December 6th, <laughs> Sal. Uh. December 6th, I'm like, it is it is on like it hasn't been on since. Everybody said 2009. I right. actually thought it was going to exceed that. Because think about this. Now, well, the Yankees needed Sabathia because they didn't have an ace. The Yankees have an ace. So I and Cole, he's the best pitcher in baseball. So I always thought that that this was going to be a bit of a different profile offseason, not mirroring 2009. Because how many times outside of the A-Rod move have the Yankees got one of the two, three, four best players in baseball? I, I, never. I mean, Reggie in the offseason, I guess after 76, A-Rod. You know, Teixeira was amazing, but he wasn't quite a top. It wasn't but back, quite Soto back level. Back then, he was the top bat on the market. But he wasn't Soto level. They got the two top 
pitchers in 2009 and the top bat in Teixeira. Yeah, and but yes, Burnett, Soto, well, yeah. Soto trumps those guys like pound for pound. I, I know what you're saying. He's That's what of, I'm saying. One of the best players in the sport. However, they need to finish it. And remember, they were in on Yamamoto for that. Right now, obviously, they didn't go to the extent maybe they needed to. Maybe he didn't want to come here, period, whatever. They went to their limit, and he chose elsewhere. They offered Blake Snell their limit, which was minimal, I'm sure, compared to what Snell actually thinks he's going to get or wants. Not good enough. Their limit with Corbin Burns, not good enough. He goes to the Orioles. Like, the Yankees keep missing on these guys. Didn't even show interest in Josh Hader and end up with Caleb Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I've got to push back a little bit on Snell. And I can understand why some Yankee fans don't necessarily want him five, six, seven years, whatever it's going to require. And I get that aspect. It's pretty much great year, eh, great year, eh. It's been a little too volatile. It's a little strong because he does have the two Cy Youngs. But it hasn't been a very linear baseball existence. He's been a little bit erratic. I get that. And his stuff is is amazing, but when you don't put guys away and you walk a lot of batters and you still have plus stuff, you can wiggle out of jams when, when that, you know, when you lose a half a yard off your fastball or your stuff decreases a little bit, the secondary stuff, those guys are suddenly going to start scoring. You're not going to leave them on base because you're going to strike out two in a row because you got sick, filthy stuff. Eventually, that's diminished a bit. So I understand when you say that they whiffed on Snell, but they didn't. Because Blake Snell was still there. And I I will say that they're the only offer out there. So until there's another overture that is, you know, exceeding and more aggressive than the Yankees, I actually think that the Yankees, if they want Snell, I think they could snap their fingers and make it happen. And at least But I don't think that they will. At least that yeah, well, right. That's the thing. That's my confidence they're gonna do it. At least if they did that, it's something. It's still not as good as to me Yamamoto would have been or certainly even Burns. How about Tony up of the Bronx? Tony, BT and Sal, what's happening? Oh my God, guys! Good morning, long time, uh, long time listener, uh, million time caller. Listen, I got to tell you, uh, I, I first of all, I've been listening to you guys every day. Uh, BT, you've been uh, strong, hanging on, and uh, hoping and thinking that they were going to make a move. I did the same thing. You threw in the towel today, and here I am. And you're absolutely right. They should go out, and they should have already gone out. Even Corbin Burns, they should have gone out. Trevor Bauer came on your show. Mm-hmm. And he's out there. I'm telling you. And I know the, all the uh, the bad press with Trevor, but I'll tell you one thing. we got to make a move. Everybody's making moves out there. They're also making moves. Everyone. Even the Mets are making more moves. Sal, uh, I hate to say it, but uh, your team there. Is making more moves. Stop. So well, well, here's the here, here's the difference, Tony. And that's it. And it, that's all we're gonna do is just get Soto, and that's it. No, that's not. That's not right. Uh, and Tony, I'm, one thing. I'm going to the home opener. I'm ten rows behind home play with my wife. I'm, I got two spring training games that I'm heading out there to Tampa to, to, to go see. Nice. And I got to tell you one thing. I am disappointed big time. I'm gonna let them know out loud, and that is not right. We got to go out there. And let me tell you one thing. What's wrong with Blake now? What's wrong with him? Why can't we go out and get him, BT? Why? Why? They could. Because he has all this bad press. Let's go get him. Tony, I've been He's trying to tell there. you. I've been trying to tell you it wasn't enough. You were going to give Yamamoto $300 million. Can I use that $300 million for Snell? I don't care. Give me Snell. Give me several power, and then we'll be good. But that's what I'm saying. But you're absolutely right, BT. I'm mm. doing the towel, too, with you this morning. You guys day, are late guys. to the party, you Tony. You should have been listening Thanks, to me Tony. for the last few weeks. I mean, you got your Yankee blinders on, the pinstripe blinders on. I've been trying to tell you. The bronze bombers. Now, the difference is the Mets said they were not going to go all in this year, and they have operated accordingly. By the way, I think the Mets have a much better bullpen than the Yankees. I'm confident in saying that. 
The, there are Pocota projections that are out there, BT, that say the Mets have a 50% chance of making the playoffs. As a matter of fact, they project them to get that final wild card spot. Now, again, what does that exactly mean? Nothing. Nothing. But the point is, the Mets are doing exactly what they said they were going to do. The Yankees said they were going all in, and they're leaving their fans short. And I, that's think this the, I think this is the biggest difference. Listen, I don't think much of the Mets offseason, though it's probably been... Maybe uh, a, a little, a little much on uh, piling on because they, they, you know, what they've done. It's they've had high D long back. for the bullpen. Yeah, no, they, they, what they've done is not as bad as it's been positioned. But what they have not done has been egregious, in my opinion. The DH and some holes that I think that they could address that they haven't yet. But I think the difference <clears throat> between how the Met fan feels now and the Yankee fan, the Met fan might be pissed. And if you're not pissed, I'd, I'd wonder why. Because there's still guys to get, and you haven't gotten them. But I don't think you feel betrayed. Because to Sal's point, Sal, this is where you're going. The Mets, the, the Mets, whether you wanted to believe it or not, Stearns and Cohen looked you in the eye and said, this is what we're doing. And those of you who elected to believe them, and it was apparently quite transparent right. as we see it play out now, I think you might be a little angry, like, ah, oh, you know, just spend $20 more million, and maybe we could do this, that, and the other thing. But at least they are consistent with what they told you. The Yankees looked us in the eye and said, we're going full throttle, we're going full bore, and they've gone 80%, and that's the difference. Two back on the fan. Who told you to play this bed? What is Chernoff? Did Chernoff tell you to play this bed, Boyle? This is an old school one. Hey, this is a good one. Stones, baby. Let's not be disparaging Stones here. Oh, my God. Are you serious? This is old school fan stuff. That is not Spike approved. This is a timeless song. Let me ask you something. Is that a Spike Is that a Spike bed or is that a Pat Boyle? This is a Pat Boyle See? I know it's not Spike approved. That's a Chernoff song. Well, I did it for Baldy because I would just assume Baldy football guy probably likes to Stones get him jazzed up as he come on comes on with us. He does. This song puts me to sleep. You're nuts. How do you not know this song? I know it. It's a former bridge pack uh, from the Chernoff days at the fan. Uh, uh-uh. Chernoff uh, called in the show try, today. Try to get the he? job back. So his influence is back. <laughs> well, I would imagine our next guest likes the song because he was a he was a football player, and most football players like the Stones. He's old enough to appreciate him. Uh, it's Baldy Brian Baldinger. He's on the line with us now. Odyssey NFL Insider. Uh, Baldy's calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Baldy, BT, and Sal, what's going on, buddy? Well, good morning, guys. Uh, live from Vegas here. I mean, it's uh, mm. the center of the universe right now. So uh, you can throw a you know a tennis ball in any direction right now and hit something good and fun happening right now in this <laughs> or, or dangerous and illegal, depending <laughs> upon how hard you throw the ball. Yeah, I, that, I understand what you mean. That's, that's all out there. Yeah. <laughs> Although most stuff, most is legal at this point. You know. I understand it. You got to build it up. The week off to me, it's a buzzkill in a sense where you kind of, the storylines for the conference championship games, they dissipate a little bit. The energy just naturally drops a little bit. Then, don't get me wrong, we all ratchet it back up and we were all lathered up on Super Bowl Sunday. But what what is the key from a player perspective, just staying ready and not getting stale this week? Mm, I don't uh, You know, I had a brother that played um, – for Buffalo when they got beat by the Giants in Super Bowl 25. That was the one week in between. You know, you win the conference championship game on a Sunday. You're in Tampa, Florida for Super Bowl 25 on Monday. That was a lot of fun, uh, to your point. I mean, you just the momentum just rolls. But I think, you know, last week was really important. Uh, I think both teams rested a little bit, but then they got back to work. And I think they really started locking in on what the game plan was going to be like. And then, you, you know, you come to Vegas on Sunday and you do all of the – 
the rituals last night of, you know, showing up at the stadium and uh, answering all the questions. And then it's just kind of like, let's get back into the cave and let's, because they, they've got six months here to go have some fun. Let's lock in for the next five days here and just get ready for Sunday. Um, if you got a mature team, well-coached team, guys that, you know, understand what the moment is, like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Baldy, do you think, BT and I were talking about this both on and off the air, and I feel like it's a weird season with the NFL where there's a separation. Like, after Championship Sunday, it feels like the season is kind of over, and then it picks back up, obviously, for the biggest game that means everything, winning the Super Bowl. For me, I feel like getting to the Super Bowl is almost the greater accomplishment going through the grind, you know, the home and away field where the Super Bowl is being played in neutral site. What do you think is the – I know this is, sounds nuts because I know how we value coaches and players and franchises – but what do you think is the greater accomplishment, getting to the Super Bowl or just winning the individual game that takes two weeks after the championship Sunday? Well, I mean, Kansas City just went through a gauntlet, you know, playing Miami, going on the road against Buffalo and Baltimore and winning. Um, but it'd be an awfully empty feeling if they get to Las Vegas here and lose. Uh, they had that feeling four years ago uh, when they lost to Tampa. Like, they don't want that feeling, and nobody does. Nobody wants to uh, – to your point, like, get to the championship game, win, have that, that euphoric feeling, mm. and then get here and lay an egg. Like, nobody wants to do that. So I still feel like, okay, let's – you know, because nobody remembers number two. They only remember number one. So let's come here and finish the business, get the hardware, put it in the bank, and then, you know, start thinking about next year, you know, a little bit down the road. But uh, they got to finish – you got to finish – you got to finish what you started. This this is the goal here right now. You know, it's funny with talking to Brian Balding. You just talk about not worrying about next year and not not you know going too far away from the immediacy of what's in front of you. But last night, Patrick Mahomes did that. He took us on a very transparent, very honest uh, ride about how you know what I want to play if he can fifteen more years, get into my mid forties. Basically saying. I'm going to chase down the goat. He didn't say it in a braggadocious way, but usually guys kind of flinch from that kind of all-time mm-hmm. spotlight. I, I love that he he showed us what he wants. I think he knows what kind of talent he has. I think he understands the organization is always going to try and build a team that's capable of winning a championship. You know, not everybody gets to be in that type of situation. Like, I think he understands – everything from the coach to the management to how they operate. Like, this is a good place to actually, you know, uh, store, store some hardware. And I think, he's, I think he knows that. I think he's very happy staying there. I think, you know, he's got young kids. Um, like, I think he's very content in staying in Kansas City for a long time. And he's got everything it takes around him to kind of start that path of winning Super Bowls. So I think he recognizes just what the organization has been like for him. And he wants to give him everything he's got right now. Baldy, who do you think's the better team here? I mean, the Niners have been a better team all year long consistently. I know they've had the postseason ups and downs, but obviously have made it to this point. Chiefs didn't look great in the regular season or vintage, you know, Kansas City. Their defense has been better. They could run the football better, but they showed some toughness winning on the road in the postseason, going through, as you just said, the gauntlet in the AFC. But the Niners have been the better team all year long. Who do you think right now going into Sunday's matchup is the better team? Well, I, I, I remember talking to Andy Reid like halfway through the season, and I've known Andy since he came to Philadelphia in 1999. And I told him, I said, Big Red, for the first time, I'm talking more about your defense than your offense. And I think if you look at the two defenses and the two offenses in this game, the best squad is Kansas City's defense. 
And I feel like they're the best team because that defense has been great just about every week all season long. And the way that Spags, I think he's the best big game defensive coordinator in this league and has been for a long time. I don't understand the fact that nobody calls him for a head coaching job. <laughs> Spags is, is a magician, and he's got great talent to work with. And so I think Kansas City is the best team because defensively, I think they're the best unit in this, in this game on Sunday. We're talking to Brian Boldinger, of course, with us here. BT and Sound on the Fan Insider Calls brought to you by Old Spice Gentlemen's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization because men have skin, too. All right, so we're obviously still a couple of game, a days away here, and me and Sal get more into the nuts and bolts as we get deeper into the week here, and we have a few more things for you. But can you at least get a sense early this week where, because I always find this interesting, having been to, I don't know, 10 or 11 of these you know Radio Row Super Bowl trips here yeah. and the Final Four, which fan base is represented stronger? Kansas City always travels well. The Niner Nation strong, plus geographically they've got the advantage. What are you seeing more, Niner or, or, or Chief fans? It's early. It's early. But yeah. I, I feel like the, the Niners, they're, mm. yeah, it's, it's closer. It's not a long flight. Um, they travel very well. And they, uh, they, it goes outside the borders of the United States, too, now. I mean, the 49er Nation is, they played a game in Mexico, Mexico City a couple yep. years ago. It yep. was crazy. Yeah. So I, I feel like the 49ers, I think they're hungrier. And not to knock the Chiefs, Chiefs have been fantastic. Uh, they're a home crowd. But I feel like, 49ers are going to take over the city here. Wow. That surprises me. Why? Mm. I mean, it's the Chiefs, man. I, I just, it's Mahomes. Well, I mean, look, I, I, well I, look, he's got his fan base, there's no doubt. And there's going to be number 15 jerseys everywhere you go. But this 40, like, I've just been inside SoFi Stadium when they come down to play the Rams. Yeah. I mean, it's a home game. And it's, it, it's been like that now for a couple of years. And, you know, these the fan bases now, it's, it's a big deal. It's a bragging right. Who has, who can take over these stadiums? San Francisco's been doing it. I think they're going to do it. Um, there's a natural rivalry, 49ers and the Raiders to begin with. They're going to come into the Raiders stadium here at Allegiant Stadium. Ooh. They're going to show the Raiders, show Kansas City. Mm. Just, you know, what the best fan base is. Okay. I, I think they're on a mission. Okay, gotcha. Boldy, how big of a deal is this stuff with the field turf and whether the Niners practicing on a soft field, getting ready for the actual game? How big of, a, of an issue is the playing surface here? Uh, well, I mean, practice surface, it's kind of, I mean, I'm surprised because the league overlooks all of this, and they're not going to give one team – a field that's in lesser condition to go out there and practice for a week than another team. So to hear that, I'm a little surprised. It was a big factor in the game last year. Mm-hmm. Guys were slipping all game long. Um, you know, I don't know what it's going to like. Allegiant field has been great. I, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but the practice field could be a problem for sure. I mean, if you don't feel like you can go full speed because the footing isn't right or whatever the issue is, the grass is too long. I don't know, but I mean, I think that's a, it could be a little bit of an advantage when you start to prepare for a game like this. Boldy, what are you hearing on the, on the ground there about, you know, Belichick and what went down with the Falcons? I know our, our buddy and colleague Boomer had something about uh, where, you know, apparently he was offered the job and he didn't want it. Are you surprised or how surprised are you Belichick is, is, is not coaching next season? And, you know, let's fast forward. Maybe if things don't go well for the Giants this year, maybe a little reunion with the G-Men and Bill. Well, I mean, I'm surprised he's not coaching. Um <laughs> very surprised what happened in Atlanta. I mean, you know, sometimes like Bill's been around long enough, you know, if the organization isn't aligned, right. And not that he wants total control. I don't think that was the case, but there's a lot of other people 
you know, in Atlanta that are making decisions along with Arthur Blank that might have influenced Bill one way or the other. Whether he got offered a contract like Boomer suggested or not, I don't know. But I feel like it's, he's been in a situation in New England where he really answered to one guy in Robert Kraft, and everything else was sort of in his control. And I think he wants something similar to that, and I don't think that was available in Atlanta. All right, Baldy. We're talking about Brian Baldinger, BT and Sal on the fan. Giants have hired a new defensive coordinator, Shane Bowen. What can you tell us about him coming over from the Titans? Well, they've been uh, a defense that was number one defense in football not long ago, like two two or three years ago. They were a front four dominant defense. Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, Danico Autry. Um, they had drafted well. Kevin Byard was an all-pro safety a couple of years for him. Um, I think the blueprint is we're going to be a front four team. We're going to dominate with the, our front four. Uh, Giants certainly has some of those pieces right there. Um, the middle linebacker in Okereke is, I think, had a great season. So I think he's got pieces. He's got two young corners um, to work with right here. Uh, I think they're going to challenge quarterbacks with uh, certain pressures, but it's going to be largely from your front four. It's going to get your pressure, and then you're going to challenge – with, with sticky coverage on the outside and safeties that want to blow you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lay the wood. All right, I got three quick hitters here on the Giants, and we'll get uh, a jet or two item as well. Don't really think much. You don't need to expand on the answer. Just give me a quick yes or no. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Giants draft the quarterback in round one, yes or no? Yes. Mm. Is Saquon back next season, yes or no? I don't think so. Mm. I, I agree. Will Kayvon Thibodeau eventually become a no-doubt star? If he lives in a weight room and gets stronger and everything, I mean, weight, core, power, he needs to get stronger. He's, I mean, he's young, mm-hmm. but if he commits to a strength program, I think he can because his, his foot quickness and suddenness is good. Yeah. Um, his instincts for the game is good. He's got to get stronger. Boy, that second answer, I, I fear that you're right. I've said this for a while. We know what Saquon means to this town, to this team. But based on where they are as a team and the finances, his age, not that he's old, but he's not young. You could find somebody middle rounds. I, I think that you're right. I think Saquon's going to be on a different team. That's going to crush the giant fan, Baldy. I, I, look, I'm, I'm not – I know what Saquon means to the Giants and to the fan base. I understand it. But the – and I'm not – look, Christian McCaffrey, I think his eyes fade running back in the league, and he's worked every penny of it. Um I just don't think that you're going to get that type of consistency that McCaffrey has just shown us. Or maybe, you know, Dibble can create an offense like that, but I think they're two different players mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. McCaffrey and Saquon. But, I mean, do you want Saquon on your team? Do you want, like, to lean on him? Yeah. But in this day and age of economics and how you build teams and what wins games for you, Isaiah Pacheco is going back-to-back Super Bowls as a starting running back right now. Seventh-round pick out of Rutgers. I don't know. Like, you can find these guys. Baldy, how about the rest of the NFC East here, specifically the Washington Commanders hiring Dan Quinn to be their head coach, hiring Cliff Kingsbury to be their offensive coordinator, setting everything in line potentially for Caleb Williams to force his way to Washington. What do you think is going to play out in Washington, and how does that impact the New York Giants in the NFC East? Well, it impacts them. I mean, look, if, if, no, no knock on Sam Howell. Uh, he had a good season, but, you know, it was a dreadful or, uh, team. And uh, But, it, look, if Caleb somehow – joins Cliff in Washington, I'd say look out. Because I, I believe in Caleb Williams. I've known the kid since he was 16. Like, it, all the, you know, all the 
the, the momentum is going that direction. There's a lot that has to take place uh, to go from two to one, probably, with Chicago. But it can be done. It certainly can be done. Um, and Cliff, I know, is a good coach and can coach quarterbacks, going back to Johnny Manziel. So um, I think it is going to be a new day in Washington where suddenly they're going to join the NFC East where they really haven't been a participant the last five or six years. <laughs> that is true. They have been on the outside watching. And thankfully for the Giants, they've been in there. Otherwise, the Giants wouldn't have as many wins. Yeah, really? <laughs> the one team the Giants could beat now all of a sudden might be better uh, than oh them. Oh, my God. Well, bowl- didn't, yeah. didn't they have the tie two years ago? They did. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They had that time. That's funny. That six turnovers on one of the games this year. They smacked them around. All right, Baldy, let's wrap it up. Uh, those giant things were really interesting. I'm going to get some calls on that after. And the Jets are what they are because, you know, Salva's back for some reason, and, and Joe Douglas is back, and obviously they need Rodgers to be healthy. Otherwise, they have no help, no hope here. Listen, obviously Zach Wilson's going to get dealt. I mean, is, is there even a modicum of interest around the league, or should I say intrigue, that he can possibly become something you know, special seems like a reach, but salvageable? What, what does the league think of him? I think the league has seen enough of Zach Wilson. I mean, we've seen enough. I, I mean, I understand broken offensive line and, you know, just no stability. I, I get all that. I think we've seen enough of Zach as a wannabe starter in this league. I don't think there's going to be that much interest. I mean, somebody's always going to pick up a – a quarterback that was drafted that high, Mitch Trubisky was drafted that high. Yep. Like he's still, you know, out there in Pittsburgh, still showing that he's not a frontline starter. Like I think we've seen enough at some point. And I think that's how the league views Zach Wilson at this point. You think he's humble enough to get fixed? I mean, we know he's got a big arm, and we know he's a pretty good athlete here, but half of it is the Jets ruined him. The other half is he probably wasn't humble enough to to take some ownership of his mistakes. Is he wired? Forget about the throws. You know, mentally, does he have any any resolve to even attempt to bounce back from this? Mm, well, I mean, look, if he wants to have a 10-year career, you, you, you figure that stuff out. You get yourself a coach. You work on certain things. You, heck, you might even get a psychiatrist and work about, you know, and just work on being able to flush out the noise and concentrate on just the task at hand. But I think it just comes down to, honestly, like, how, like I know how much Patrick Mahomes loves the game. I know how committed he is to the game. Like, it always starts there. I mean, it, it could be it's something as simple as just living in, in, the, uh, in the film room and watching every single mistake I've made and making sure, like, those mistakes don't happen again. Yep. And you can't, you can't play the game at a frenetic pace the way that he plays the game. You just can't. You can't survive. You're not going to make plays. You're not going to make Garrett Wilson a better player. So he's got to, like, I don't know how many Red Bulls he drinks before a game, but I cut it in half at least. <laughs> like you got to have some calmness about you. I'm I'm joking, guys, but like <laughs> yeah. you got to have some calmness about you to play the sport. I understand, Baldy. Good stuff, man. Have a good time in Vegas. Don't lose the shirt at the craps table. If you play golf, hit him <laughs> straight. You know, have a good time, man. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> I'm I gotta go. Bold, are you even allowed to play at the craps table? Why not? No, no. See? We got we, we we got we got the we got the letter. What? We got the letter. Like, don't be seen. Don't just don't be seen. All right, so card game in Baldy's house. room. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how I get to the steakhouse without going to the casino. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, I mean that's a problem. You don't need to play any tables here, but you do yeah. got to get to the steakhouse. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. wire me money. I'll play for you. Now. Come on, <laughs> me and Sal right. play for you. We'll come out. We'll, yeah. Just give us the money. We'll play for oh, you. Yeah, right. Wire us the uh, money. I got to see. Just like if you, I got to know if you know basic strategy blackjack or not. Like, I don't want you, like, hitting on that 16. No, nah, dude, I you know, know how to. I'm going to blow. I'm, 
you know, I'm going to come like wring your neck. I know <laughs> how to play. I know how to play. I do not. Doesn't guarantee anything I've learned, but I definitely know how to play the game. I'm out of this sure. one. I don't want my neck wrung for anything. No. I don't know strategy. I'll hand that over to BT. I'll have the steak with you, Baldy. <laughs> right. I ain't touching the cards. Have a good time, man. Thanks, Brian. All right, guys. There you go. All right. I want to see how fell inside of Brian Baldinger, inside of Colts brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. We got a got a lot to react there from the Giants' perspective. Baldy said he does believe that the Giants will take a quarterback in round one, and he also believes that Saquon will not be on the team. Uh, of course, the Yankees, they're not all in. That's how we started the show. I want to get back to that as well. You guys are obviously on hold and want to react. I mean, you started the right way, and then you stopped. All right, a couple of things that you're going to want to know. Buck Walter today in just about an hour and a half or so. Uh, looking forward to that. And then uh, Thursday, we're going to hook back up with our buddy Dice. The Dice Man will be on with us. And also, Thursday, game number five. Oh, I can't wait for that. Oh, you're on a roll, buddy. My bullpen's bleeding a little Too bit. Straight. My starter's getting knocked around. Well, so far, mm. every home team mm. has won. It's going to be, this is, uh, this is it right <laughs> it's here. A big one, dude. We know there's going to be a game six. I was just a little worried that it would be, you know, short lived series at first, dude. The first couple of games were making me. Now we have 86, 87, 88, I think, left to choose from. So we can't go back and repeat years? Well, I was thinking, I was under the impression that we could. I didn't think that we could, mm. but I was thinking about that midway through, and I was like, oh, well, for sake of, of we're in it. If you wanted to go back and repeat a second yeah, year. I might have to at this no. point. <laughs> it's like I dropping mean, down we should, we should just get a little desperate yeah. here. We'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll flush through that. But well, it's still 86, 87. Uh, I understand like, that. I know. I won the first two. Sal was charged back. Momentum. You won 84, 85. Yeah. I won 90 and then 89. Yeah. And the last one, I messed up on Rigetti. Oh, that is going to take me. If, they, if yeah. I lose... That's like a, a, a routine double play that I botched at shortstop at the ninth inning uh, winning work crosses. I mean, I messed up there. So we're knotted up at two. Game five coming up on Thursday. All right, 877-337-6666. BT and Sal with you on the fan. So we'll get back to these Yankee calls. And you heard Baldinger tell us he does not think that Saquon is back. And he does think the Giants take a quarterback in round number one. So a few things to get to. Chris up in the Bronx, BT and Sal. What's going on, Chris? Uh, good morning, guys, man. Thanks for getting me on. Um, so it, I think the uh, Yankees have done enough this year. But um, before I continue to my point, I just want to say where I'm coming from. I think, I believe, um, that the Yankees with average pitching, and if they are who they are, the Bronx Bombers, they are a World Series team. Average pitching, and if they are who they are, if everybody in our lineup hits to the back of their card, Aaron Judge was out 60 games last year. Yep. Who's to say that we couldn't win 10 to 15 more with him in the lineup? So with that being said, since that's my perspective of it, if we with Soto, we did the job. I would have loved Bellinger to add as well, and that would just put our lineup just over the top. Mm-hmm. But average pitching for the Yankees and, you know, and, and them being the Bronx Bombers, we're yeah. a team. And no, listen, Chris. Yeah, yeah. no, don't worry about the Orioles, Chris. Don't worry about the Orioles who finished 19 games better than you. Hey, don't let, don't let South start pushing around with those we, Orioles. Let's go, Davis, Chris. Evan Judge was out for yeah. a large part of the season. If he's in any of those Orioles games, mm. they went 6-7. and seven. Right. As good as they were, mm-hmm. the Yankees went 6-7 and seven against the Orioles. So tell me you put Aaron Judge and Soto. Tell me we're not winning and four more of those games. Right, let's, let's say the Yankees are 10 games better than they were last year. Judge stays healthy for a whole year. Well, uh, knock on wood. And Soto, MVP candidate. So let's say the Yankees are 10 games better than last year. That's a lot, right? Yeah. Let's let's say they're they're 15. I'll go over the top, Chris, because I'm in a good mood with the Bronx Bombers. Let's say the Yankees are 15 games better than they were a year ago. 
guess what? You're still in second place of the Orioles. If the Orioles replicate their season. They've only gotten better. Oh, I understand that, but if they replicate their season. They've never made it this far in the season. The Orioles are not going to come back as strong as the Orioles. Oh, yeah, yeah. What are you basing that off of? Give me some logic that you're basing that off of exactly, Chris. Uh-oh. I don't have. I, I'm not of course you don't. don't. No, no, it's not because <laughs> there is no answer. No, he's right. Because and thank you for the call. Thank there you, is Chris. no answer. Well, I haven't asked me the question. Oh, okay. What you, you ask? Well, what do you? He said that they've they they never made it that far. They're going to be tired or whatever it said this year. <laughs> is that what he said? They're going to be tired. Something like that. Basically insinuating <laughs> like that fatigue because yeah, their season yeah, went on so right. long. No, that I, did he? Re- I didn't hear that. Did he really? Did he say something along those lines? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm paraphrasing. Said they were not going to be able to replicate the numbers. I used the word replicate. Now there's something to it. Now here's the thing. But if you just tune this is not about, you know, are the Yankees going to be competitive? Yes, of course they are. You got a left fielder. You got Judge. You got Soto. You got Cole. You got Volpe year two. You got Dominguez coming back. You got Rizzo, who should be healthy, non-concussed playing first base. You should have a better defense, and Donaldson's got it, and a better contact rate. There's a million reasons I give you baseball why I think the Yankees will certainly be better than last year. That's not the point. The point is... This was a swing for the fence kind of year based on what they told us. Off of what they did. And they haven't swung for the fences. Right. They failed miserably last year. You could come up with the reasons why. Yeah, the no, dude, always, I hear you. 82 and 80, not good enough. Right, it happened. And good for enough them, for some teams in the city, not us. Like, generally in a bad year, the Yankees win 90 games. So yep. for them to have an 82-win season, and by the way, they're lucky it was 82. Could have been under 500 for the first time in forever. Anyway historically bad season for them, they then say all-in. They then operate less than all-in. That's the issue. I, I can't challenge that. That's why I said what I said to start the show. I'm basically saying Sal so far has been right, and it pains me to say that. Well, it, honestly, it pains me to say that to a certain extent, too, because I expected more. We should expect more together from the Yankees, mm-hmm. and I don't like being lied to. I don't care what fan you are. When your owner, personal. Well, when your owner says one thing and they yeah. do another, yeah. like – well, and again, hold on one sec there, Mike. Think about this, guys, the chronology here. So uh, Juan Soto was acquired December 6th. December 6th. I mean, you're sitting there saying, man, we just got the tree up a week or so ago, and this is the first present that comes? It's going to be a glorious uh, Christmas morning. And then it stopped. Mike's in Brooklyn. Mike, what's happening, buddy? How are you? Hey, good morning, fellas. Hey, Merry Mike. Christmas, Happy New Year! <laughs> uh, oh, come on, bro, it's I February. You look at me. I don't I, hang off on you for that. Yeah, I know. Well, I haven't talked yet. I oh, haven't he's not kidding. Yeah, that's why. I'm All right, just trying to be nice. Okay. Uh, I love when Mets fans talk about the Yankees. Uh, it's unbelievable. Mm. Well, what anyway, Mets fans have talked about the Yankees? Well, you. Oh no, I'm not a Mets fan. I'm a broadcaster. This is my job. You got the Orioles. You got the Orioles. Yankees losing, getting 15 games better. And they're still not going to beat the Orioles, but the Mets are going to make the playoffs. No, no, Mike, Mike, hold on. Two things. No, two things, Mike. Number one, I am a broadcaster. It is my job to talk about New York sports. Now, you don't like it? I don't know what to tell you. All right, that's fine. Okay, that's number one. Number two, number two, I said the Yankees are going to be 15 games better. Let's hypothetically say that they're 15 games better than they were a year ago, which is a lot, by the way. I don't care if it's Judge and Soto. That's a lot. I'm giving you 15 games. Guess what? How many games did the Yankees finish behind the Orioles last year? 20. Yeah, 19. So it's not enough. That was my point. 19. Okay, yeah. so what? Well, what's last year got to do with this year? Oh, you're right. How nothing. How do you know nothing. the Orioles are going to be? How do you the, You don't know the Orioles are going to be as good as they were last year. Right. That's baseball. Well, well, anyway. That's how, do you, how do you know that they're not? How do you know they're not? 
I don't know. Okay, I, you're right. No, so they're a young team. Know. They're a young team with talent oozing out the wazoo. They just went and got Corbin right. Burns, and you think for some reason the Orioles are going to be worse than they were a year ago. It do not necessarily have to be worse. They don't have to be as good. I don't disagree. And by the way, Mike, 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 that, Mike, that's not a crazy statement. Yeah. It's Why? not. Why? Well, because two years ago, the Mets won 101 games, and last year they won 76. Totally now, different. I know the Orioles' talent yeah. is supreme. I get that. But that's the that's a big factor here. Hey, no, it, it is for the sure. The Orioles but, are more the Braves than the Mets. But there's also a randomness in baseball that I think you can apply. No, you just don't know. Now, I know, Mike. Hold on a yeah. second, Mike. I know that they're going to be good, but... You know, let let let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. Okay. Not so afraid of the Orioles. As far as okay, I'm sorry. No, as no, go far ahead, as the uh, Yankees not going all in, I mean they they did they did much more uh, 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 off season maneuvers this year than they did last year, even the year before. True. Right. So yep. I mean, they made Verdugo was not enough. Biggest problem. Not enough. Yankees big. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's early. It's February. It's not. It's not August. It's not September. They got all year to do things. All in means all in. You don't know what they're going to do with the deadline. Mike, did it's they try to get? Did they try to get Yamamoto? Yes. How'd that did. work? But they did. They, did they did they offer Blake Snell no, a contract? Yes. They, did they try they, to get? Yeah, they, were they were they involved in trying to trade for Corbin Burns? I I. And you know what that's like? Judge in the postseason, zero for three. I don't know. Sal, I don't know what the Yankees' brain trust goes through. I have no well, idea. I'm telling you, Neither we do we you. do know. We do know there are reports out but there. How do you know, Sal? There are reports out there that are you documented. Know, you only you only know what's reported. You don't really know. The Yankees let out stuff that. They want you to believe it's just, you know, I mean, nobody's going to Yeah, but Mike, hold on a second. Mike, split Mike, split the difference here. Thanks for the call there, buddy. Enjoyed it. But Happy New Year and Merry it, Christmas. It doesn't matter. Like, there is a point where the reports and, you know, what we might not know. At this point, what I'm saying is I don't necessarily care. Because I need another horse behind Garrett Cole. Well, we do know is they didn't get him. Well, that's what I'm saying. Now, the Yamamoto stuff, you and I see it differently. It, listen, he, well, wasn't, they, he wasn't coming here. I'm telling he you. He wasn't coming right, to and, the Yankees. And, and I'm telling you, they're happy. Well, I mean, I don't know that. I, no, listen, I don't know that. Who the hell knows? But if they, I mean, to me, that does sound a little ridiculous, that they're happy. They, that they, they are. I, I, not I at can't that buy. price. I'm they not, don't want yeah, that price. I mean, I'm not going to start refuting reports because I'm not a journalist like in that regard. I, I just have a tough time believing that. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't well, think, do the math, though. I don't think when Yamamoto announced that he's going to the Dodgers that the Yankees were like, oh, my God, thank God. we re-. No way. That just makes no sense. Look, Did that make that? To, like, let's boil it down to that. To me, that makes no sense. Now, they might say... All right, you know, is he really as good they as the numbers the went? But there's no way they're sitting there thrilled, popping champagne that they lost him to the Dodgers. I just simply refuse to believe that. They, they think I they dodged the bullet, that. and and probably so do the Mets. Think they dodged the bullet for saying that, or at least some people within the organization for saying that. You know what? The guys that he, he was not worth three hundred million dollars. That was like far and beyond anything that anybody could comprehend for the price of Yamamoto. Unless he's as good as we think he is, and he's only 25. Even then, 325 is absurd for a guy who threw a pitch in a major. Well, I'm with you on that. And that's the point, that the Yankees went to their... The Mets went to 325 saying, like, 
we're going way above to get this guy. Obviously, the Dodgers matched, and, and they ended up getting because yep. you don't want to go to the Dodgers. Yankees had their breaking point, and good for them saying $300 million, that's it. And even at that number, they were still probably queasy about it, is what I'm saying. And maybe breathe a sigh of relief. Now, obviously, they wanted the player. You wouldn't offer him that well, much money. Well, that's what I'm saying. But not at that cost. And it could be a good thing in the long run. I think the Yankees wanted nothing more than to trot Yamamoto and Soto out there. Although they wouldn't actually wouldn't do it with Soto because it's a, it's a rental until it's not. But... To have that Yamamoto presser, and that they don't get to do it, but and you know right. what? Maybe we'll find out more. But I think that they were, I think that they were borderline broken when they found out that he wasn't coming here. But you know, who knows? Turned out to ruin both the Mets and Yankees offseason. That is true. I we mean, knew it was a big piece for the Mets, but ultimately, <laughs> think about where you and I were. I know we got a break, but leading up to that, like the Yamamoto and right, the stuff right. back and forth, and then we think he's going to be a Yankee King Cohen, and then this yeah. and King uh, Cohen. It's like no, that was what a ride. That Jeez. was make or break, and it turned out that it broke both off season. Yeah, it was. I was a curveball, man. That one definitely hurt. Oh yeah, we like this one. It's a good one. It's a good one. BT and Sound on the fan eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Buck Buck Showalter at one o'clock. Back to your Yankee calls, Giant calls as well. All right, so real fast, mm-hmm. we did a lot of um, a lot of Knicks on Friday. We did a lot of Knicks on Monday, of course. Yesterday, get the week going. Tough Lakers loss on Saturday, ended the winning streak. And, of course, uh, you know, Randall's got to get healthy, OG, et cetera, all the things that we Dude, talked about. Dude, what's up with OG? Yeah, I mean. They said it was supposed to be like he was out for a game, and all uh, of a sudden it's been a couple of weeks here. Uh, well, I, that's why I asked you, because somebody sent me video of Frank the Tank shaking yeah. his hand. And then some people are saying that Frank the Tank heard him by I, I don't know. My question, though, and I'm not worried about OG yet, but it is more than I thought. All right. Latest NBA power rankings. Okay. This is an interesting one because it's not necessarily prisoner of the moment because the Knicks just lost a game. Mm-hmm. Where do you think they are? Where do I think they are, not where would I would have them? You can give me both. Actually, both might be more interesting. Oh, dude, I forgot my glasses Wait, yesterday. Think- <laughs> I can't like, even see the damn stand. You want to borrow mine while you're doing it? I should be able to let me see if I can piece this together. Oh, What's goodness. scary is I've looked at this same exact computer. From Come the on, same Grandpa. Exact you're making fun of me. For ye- you're not kidding. <laughs> my eyes are shot for years, and now all of a sudden I can't see anything. It's like the it blink of an up eye. On you, dude. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's see. So power rankings here. Where do I think that they have the Knicks? The Knicks. Where do you think and where do you think that they should let's be? See. One, two, three, four. Five, six. Well, you're really doing this literally. They here. probably they didn't need a deep thorough investigation. Yeah. Just give me a number. Give me a ballpark. They probably, I, hundred percent top ten, and they should be top ten, yep. and they will be top ten. Yep, yep. I would say they have. They probably have them ninth, seventh. Wow, seventh. That's what I was gonna say. I would have them seven. Now think about this: Clippers, who are quietly. I mean, I guess not that quietly if you watch the NBA, but red hot. Cavaliers are, are on fire. The Cavs are two. Thunder three. Wait, wait, wait. Cavs are two? Yeah. Cavs have been Yeah, I know. They've rocking. been on fire. So, okay. Get, who's number one? Celtics? Uh, no. Clippers one. Cavaliers two. Clippers one. Cavs two. OKC is three. Right. Denver four. Right. Knicks just beat them. Right. Celtics five. Right. T-Wolves six. Knicks beat them a couple of weeks back. Bucks. No, then oh, the no. Knicks. Then, so how did they have the Knicks then over the, the Pelicans, Bucks? then the Kings, then the Suns, then the Lakers, then the Magic, then the Bucks. What? That's whose I mean, power that's, rankings that's are these? Uh, CBSSports.com. Yeah, come on. I was gonna say I would have them seventh, and I thought I figured national disrespect they'd probably have them top ten, but maybe nine. Mm-hmm. That's good. Where no, would good you job. You were in the ballpark. Yeah. Where, where would you? I would say if I. I think I would have attacked it the way you did. Absolutely top ten, closer to ten than five. I probably. 
would have settled maybe exactly the same, seven or eight. Well, I would have put. I mean, seem right. I'm not going based just off of the record. No, I hate to do that. But there are some Celtics, teams. Celtics, Bucks, yeah. Denver, three. Those are three well, teams that jump out right away. Right, Celtics, Bucks. Uh, you know, Cavs. I know they're red hot, so yep. I figured they would be ranked above the Knicks. But I mean, still, if you have to start worrying about the Cavs as a team, well, you do because yeah, they're good. I know they're good. Be fun. I just want to throw that yeah. back at you. Let's see what we got. There's some Knicks tonight, you know, tomorrow after tonight's game against uh, the Grizz. Dude, we'll do Knicks every day. You know, I don't know about you, Sal. And listen, you, you can't you can't run a show this way because if you do, you're going to miss the mark. But trust me, we were just waiting for the right time. Like, we needed yeah. to, you know, navigate football and obviously still do the heavy juggle with Super Bowl this week. But we heard, you you know, your tweets and your clamoring. When are you going to go Knicks? Dude, right, when, no when, one's going bigger Knicks than us. When the time is right, that's when we do it. And the time is right. Trust mm-hmm. us. That's right. Uh, Hop just told me in my ear there is some Patriots news. Is it worth interrupting the show? What do you I, got there, I buddy? think so. I think it's Go ahead. Uh, so the Patriots might made a hire, an offensive assistant coach. Oh, I saw this. Do you want to take a guess? I know Sal knows it, but do you want to take a guess? O'Brien? I don't know. I'm just throwing a name out there. Where did he go? He's somebody that comes up on the show on occasion that we, uh, you know. Sal has a nickname Man, oh, for him. Oh, oh, comes up on the, oh, wait, McAdoofus? McAdoofus! <laughs> Good pull, BT! <laughs> Got you, buddy. <laughs> McAdoofus in the resurrection. <laughs> Truthfully, he wasn't as big a doofus as we make him out to be. Yeah, I know. Didn't he want Mahomes? I know. Right? So he's an offensive assistant or assistant he's... Co- offensive assistant coach. Not the OC, but offensive assistant coach. Who okay. is the OC? Do we know? Uh, Shermer. Yeah, 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 exactly right. The Patriots? Yeah. Alex Van Pelt. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's I did right. see that. Wow, okay. that's funny. All Interesting. Right. Very good. Thank you for that hop. That was worth interrupting. I would agree. 877 All right. Yankee stuff, obviously, the giant reaction. John is in Stanford, Connecticut. What's going on, John? John. All right. John, you ready to roll? I just wanted to say, I'm 77 years old. I'm a diehard Met fan. But I wanted to say, I go back to dog and uh, Mike and the dog and Imus. Whoever put you two guys together hit a grand slam because I think this is one of the best shows going and I believe you're going to be around for a long, long time. Well, yeah, thank very you very much. On the Yankee point. Thank you. I, I think, uh, by the way, I think we're past the point. Sorry. We're not worried about killing each other anymore, so we're good. <laughs> I, I mean, not yet. Wait till baseball season. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, John. <laughs> no, 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 that's what the that's the great part because one's a Yankee fan and one's a Mets fan. Yeah, but you guys don't hate. One's happy, one's, one's sad. Yeah. One's rich, one's poor. We know how that room is divided. Go well, ahead, John. Well, one may be happy, well, one I, may I be sad. But the richer team is the Mets. There's no that. The Yankee fans can be happy. The Mets fans have the richness. <laughs> we'll show next year. King Cohen will return. He will return. It's going to be a long year, Sal. You know what's funny? They both disappointed us. You had to backtrack on your Yankees will be all in, and Mm -hmm. I had to remove the crown from King Cohen. That's true. That's true. We both taken L's already. The season hasn't even started. At least we'll be a playoff team. Anyway, go ahead, John. I feel terrible. John ahead, had such John. a nice compliment. Yeah. We well, just, they, you know, I ahead, think John. they're worried about Sina Soto. They gave so much up for to get the guy. Yeah. You know? You know, John. But I think I, they're just worried about signing him next year because they gave so much up to get him. Well, that that's true. And, John, I'm going to let you go. That a little feedback there. Thank you for the call there, John. And I definitely appreciate the compliments. Probably way too kind, but we'll take it. Um, but accurate. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Woo! No, 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 just kidding. Awesome. That is funny. Yeah. No, so the, the the package that the Yankees gave up, I understand the consternation. It's a lot of players, right? 
But Michael King was the one that most were reticent to give up, right? It was like, let's try to give him Clark Schmidt instead of Michael King. Everybody else, whatever. Part, right? Yeah. All right. So, and then obviously backup catcher, Gashioka, whatever. But the thing about King, who's 29 already and has never thrown, I think is in, I haven't looked this in, uh, up in a while. I think his innings limit, his max is 104. So the influence on the season and then into the postseason that I think Yankee fans thought he might have, I think was a little overstated. That's number one. Number two, the Yankees do not make that move without earmarking six-ish hundred million dollars that they pray Juan Soto will take. They will that they will not cheap right, out. Right, but on. so that then, I can promise you. so then, don't you think? Because I do think John brings up a good point that the Yankees might be a little conscious of spending because they want to make sure they can afford Soto. But to your point, you don't make <laughs> that move unless you know that you're going to make a legit run at him. Yeah. However, yep. even if they let's just forget the the Soto extension talk or, or signing him in the offseason. They made it very clear this year individually is all in. Mm-hmm. So then why not just go either sign somebody or trade for Burns? Burns would have been the safest bet because you just go trade for him, yep. the, the prospects that it would take, and and then you figure out in the offseason after you hopefully win a World Series I agree. who you're bringing back. That's why I'm pissed off. And it's certainly, you know, angry, confused, disappointed. You know, the thing, though, about Soto, and, and it, Sal does raise a, an interesting it's like a, a fork in the road, like, okay, so you get Soto, so in theory, you're all in, in, in theory, at least the beginning when they got him right. December 6th. And then you're like, as, and I believe this, I just said this, and I, I'm almost, I, I, I can't prove this, but this is this is true, that they have the, the, the money earmarked for him. Okay, so if you have the, so maybe they're a little reluctant to spend additionally because they want to save that money for him next year, then that might be true as well, but if they don't win... I don't think the Bronx is as appealing. So it's like it's and, three or four different approaches. And let's not forget, they did offer Yamamoto $300 million. Yeah. Like, that happened. And we could sit here and say it wasn't the best, but it was in terms of AAV. They didn't go all the way. All right, they probably could have gone a little bit higher. I'm with you on that. No, but still. They're disappointed they didn't right. get him, or, or, or they're, they're happy whatever. they didn't get whatever the report is fine. But there was a $300 million check on the table that he could have taken, and right. they would have had to pay. Correct. <laughs> so, meaning, meaning that they would have willingly paid that knowing that Soto was going to be a free agent. So it can't just be about, well, they're reluctant to spend the money because of Soto. So while I could believe that, it also doesn't back up their actions, which even furthermore to me says you should go up and get go out and get Burns because you're not worried about losing him in free agency because if you could give Yamamoto $300 million, you could give Burns whatever he's going to get in the offseason. Yeah, the only thing, I don't want to even get too into the weeds on the finances. To me, and, and I, get, I can't prove the exact number, but it's just common sense based on what happened with Matsui and Tanaka. Yeah, you right. Know, you know, a $300 million contract for Yamamoto – if I had a guess, it's probably really like 150 because of the immediate and 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 vast Japanese revenue stream that now is a big part of your team. But yeah, maybe that's why they went low on Blake Snell. They're like, well, we would have, you know, the 150 we would have really spent on Yamamoto, even though it's three, because it would have been offset by Japanese money. The money won't be offset for Blake Snell's deal, so maybe they took the remains of that and they threw it to Blake Snell, trying right. to hope to get a bargain basement deal. But until see, you know, I mean, listen, I, in, in a week or two weeks from now. I could look like an idiot, and people who think that I'm a little over, which I don't think. Listen, I, let me let me say this: I know that on occasion I do overreact, but that's what makes the show I think interesting right. well, because we, we care. We react in real time. Yeah, we care, and you never know what we're going to say, and whether we're right or wrong, we'll own it, we'll wear it, whatever. 
But I have been saying for three months that I'm fine with the Yankees. Like, I think that the Yankees are going to do this. They're going to go all in the... So this represents a radical reversal for me. Right. Watch. In a week, they'll get Snell, and they'll do something else. And, and then I'll reverse. say, you know what? Okay. Right. I was right for 99% of the time. I right. took a pivot. I was wrong. I guess I was right. Right. But for now, this is the right read on 100%. This. They have not done enough. They keep falling short here, and pitchers and catchers report in less than a week. That's the bottom line. It's not December 6th anymore like it was when they got Soto. It's almost time to start throwing the ball around. <laughs> All righty, BT and Sal back here on the fans. Brandon's here to Sal Licata Show. All in. We're going to hit you with that top story right now. The top story is a little false advertising by the Yankees here. Mm. A little false advertising by the Yankees, you know? All in. This is not what all in looks like. We know what all in is, you know? We know what it feels like. We know what it smells like. We know what it tastes like. Not all in. That's a good restaurant, you know? You're not going to complain. You'll happily pay the check. Um, you know, but you don't, you know, talk to your buddies the next day at work or text somebody and say, man, you got to see this place. I just, you got to take the wife here. You got to take, got to go here with the guys after after a game. This, this restaurant's incredible. It's a good restaurant. Yankees are a good team. And Yankees have a lot of good players, and the Yankees have a couple of special players. The difference, Sal, that's the first time I've said it. They told us one thing, and they have not delivered all the way. Period. They said they were going to go all in. This has obviously fallen short of all in. And it's been one thing after another. The issue is not even just, and again, I think the team itself is a separate issue, whether the team's going to win 90 games, win the division, compete for a World Series. That is separate than the offseason. The offseason has been subpar. They missed out on Yamamoto, Snell, Burns, however you want to phrase it. They were in on all three of those guys to some extent and came up empty with all three. They weren't in on Josh Hader, but yet they could go trade for Ferguson from the Dodgers. So which is it? What are the Yankees doing? Soto, all in. Everything else, not all in. They said their own words they'd be all in. I'm with UBT. I was I was here weeks ago. You were in, you know, you were hoping that they were going to do something, and now pitchers and catchers report less than a week. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. and yet the Yankees just are not on. Doesn't mean they're a bad team. Doesn't not mean they all. can't win at all. They're a good team. Right. That's not the point. Right. The point is they left a lot of moves here on the table, and their team is not over the top, all in. They did not have that type of offseason. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. BT and Sal here on the fan. It's out of our Town Fair Tire Studio. Friends at Town Fair remind you that you always get the guarantee lowest price on name brand tires from. Connecticut's a main. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Let's get back to these calls. See what you guys think. Jack, uh, pardon me, Zach is up in Monroe. Zach, what's happening? What's going on, guys? Um, I just wanted to make a point about Jason Dominguez really quick. So you guys probably remember last season when the Phillies moved Harper to first base. Why don't the Yankees do the same thing? With you know, they have Dominguez? No, with, yeah, with Dominguez. They have no first base prospects. Uh, you know, if... If Rizzo gets hurt, yep. it's LeMahieu or nothing. And, you know, LeMahieu is not that young, and we don't know how he's going to hit. So, I mean, Zach, look, I'll tell you, can, I, can I tell you why? Now, first of all, it's not a terrible idea. It's never going to happen this day. He's too young, and he's too much of an asset as an outfielder speed. But the difference, even if the Yankees were inclined to maybe do this, the reason why they never would, and thanks for the call there, Zach, is because now you're asking Jason Dominguez upon returning to figure two things out. Because he barely played last year. So as much as he flashed and he showed the toolbox going yard with speed and he looked like he fit and he looked like he's going to be a superstar, he played a handful of games. So he still has to figure out the league, how to hit 
and you want him to figure out a position he's never played? That, that's a stupid no idea. It's a stupid idea. This is not 20 years from now or 15 years down the road where you're trying to convert Dominguez to save some at-bats there. Why would you ever do that now? If anything, and this is a dumb idea too, but you, if you said judge... That's where I was going to go. Yeah, that would at least make a little more sense. Dominguez is your future center fielder. Oh, absolutely. I mean, come on. I know why he's saying because you want the four guys yep. to have the at-bats when Dominguez comes back with mm. Verdugo, Judge, and Soto. They'll figure it out. Yep. Usually these things work themselves out. Give Stanton a first base goal. I mean, again, I know it's that's not what you want. Stanton. Now, I, I know that, but look, the Yankees are going to... If Dominguez comes back healthy... Right, if and when, and that's a big if and when. We I don't think see it's that big oh. anymore with Tommy John. He'll be back. Yeah, he'll I mean, back. it was see, he's he's already out first half of the season. No, no. Like it's a significant issue here. So if he comes back, here's another big if: if Judge is healthy, you know, then they need to figure it out, and they will. Whoever's not producing, going to lose some bats there. But it's not moving Dominguez to first base. No, no, my no, goodness. no. That, but that's why I really like the Bellinger stuff, which is not going to happen. But you know, you could have Bellinger in center until Dominguez gets back, and then worry about the other at-bats and splitting them up properly, who's healthy, who's hot, whatever, and then Rizzo's contract is up, boom, Bellinger, 27, 28 years old, lefty, really good fielder, by the way, both in center and at first, take over for Rizzo and bizarre. just, you know, and go and go nuts with the short porch. It's bizarre that some of these guys, top guys we're talking about, have not got Bellinger, one of the top bats on the market, and Blake Snell, one of the top arms on the market. So let me ask you this, just to be fair to the conversation, and you know where I stand, you know, it's February 6th here, right. and the Yankees are not all in, and I got a problem with that, but... Do you soften the reaction if you if you share my reaction because there are still a lot of other big names out there? Like if, no, if the door was shut, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, but the door's been shut on the big guys that they wanted, at least two of them with Yamamoto and Burns. And I don't believe I don't believe, and I never believe this. I never believed that the Yankees would change course as far as the way that they've been operating for the last several years, that they would totally change course. This year, the only time it started to waver was after they got Soto and were in the mix for Yamamoto to that extent. Yeah, I thought they would be blown out of the water by the Mets. I didn't think that they were going to get Yamamoto or even get to that level, the $300 million level. They did. So that was the only time I started to waver a little bit. But the rest of it has been basically what I thought. They're not all in. So even though Blake Snell and Bellinger are out there, I don't believe the Yankees are going to get them. Can I tell you the thing that I'm probably most surprised about this offseason? Because this speaks to the now, but it also speaks to next year. And I'm I'm generally confused about this. Clay Torres. Yeah. So just work through this for a second. He got 14.1 in arbitration. He's a good player. I don't really want him because, you know, for the reasons that we chronicled, his head's not always on. You know, he's kind of a little, little spacey out there on the bases, defensive lapses. I don't really view him as a winning player, although I know he's obviously a talented player. All right. His contract is up after this year. Are the Yankees going to give him $150 million? No way. So why don't they trade him? I was. I am surprised they didn't move him. I'm surprised It they doesn't didn't. make any sense. Now, if the Yankees were going to be bad this year. Plus, they have young guys in the waiting who could play second base. They don't need that. I know Glaber's a plus offensive player at second. He is. But they don't need that. I know. Like, I don't know. If the Yankees, if the Yankees were bad, right, and projected to be bad, and it's the exact, exact, exact opposite. They are projected to be really good. 95 wins here, 94 there. What, I was just talking to Sal uh, during the break about how the Yankees have or what was that? What 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 site was that? Uh, that you referenced Pacoda that? Yeah, projections. Pacoda projection. 
They have the Yankees winning the division at 95, and they've got the Orioles at 88, which, which I think is nuts. But right. I, I think the Yankees are, are largely well-received in the they court of public the, opinion. They also have the Mets making the postseason and finishing with the same record as the Phillies, just for reference. I, yeah, that to me is also nuts. But either way, the Yankees are gonna are supposed to be good. So they're not going to trade Galeber Torres in the middle of the season. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's, so it's either now. He's going to let him play the season. Right. His contract's up, and, and he's going to walk for nothing, or they're going to give him $173 million? I don't, I, they're not going to give him the money, and they're not going to trade him during the season. I don't know why they didn't trade him this offseason. Yeah, and I'm I, confused. Maybe there's still a move to be made there. That one didn't make sense. Meanwhile, they tried to trade him a year ago, or at least it was rumored With that the he Marlins. Was, yeah, right. It was rumored that he was available. Yes. I thought for sure that would be. See, now, if they were really changing this team from what was a failed year by all accounts, that would have been one of the easier moves. Like, mm-hmm. I almost took it for granted. Okay, well, Torres won't be here. I know. It, it was a question mark about Stanton, whether they would eat that money or not, pay him to go away. And, and it's basically the same team plus Juan Soto. And then you could have ju- justified, not that I really wanted Chapman at age 31, but, you know, going out there and, and, and making a real play for Bellinger and having one of the kids play second base, just catch right. the baseball when it's at you. Right. Run the bases with, with athleticism. Give me a little dynamic uh, quality mm-hmm. that Glaber that doesn't quite have. And let the other guys hit. Let Soto hit. Let Bellinger right. hit. Let, 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 obviously, Aaron Judge hit. Don't get it. I think Austin Wells is going to hit. Uh, Scotty's in Marlboro, New Jersey. Scott, BT, and Sound on the fan. What's going on, bud? Hey, what's going on, boys? Um, Sal, I think your argument of the Orioles being 19 games better, and if the Yankees do whatever they have to do, they'll be 15 games better. It's look at their team from 1 to 9 and pitchers from 1 to 5. Out of that 1 to 9, LeMayu's going to have a better year. Rizzo's going to have a better year. You're better at left field. Judge is going to have a better year. Well, how do you know all this? How do you know all this? But how do you you know that Gunnar Henderson and Roshman and these guys are going to have better? Well, you don't, but but the odds are that younger guys are going to withstand their performance from a year ago. And and like I said, even if there's a 15-game difference, one way or another, 15 games is a lot from year to year. Even if there's a 15-game difference, that still doesn't make up the difference from last year. But it doesn't make up the difference from last year, but you don't know what the Orioles are going to do. Plus, anything that happened to the Yankees last year, everything bad. I, no, 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 but, Yankees but Scott, Scott, you're missing the big point, though. I'm, I'm saying, no, no, no I, I agree that we don't know what the Orioles are going to do. We don't know Correct. what the Yankees are going to do. Let's say that the Yankees are 15 games better this year than the Orioles were last year. The Yankees still don't catch them. But I don't think I think they're going to be more than fifteen games. Oh, okay. Well, but that's your opinion. I don't. Well, how about I got to inject this? Or see, to me, the math is wrong. It's not. Will the Yankees be fifteen or eighteen? And thanks for the call, there, Scott. I, I understand what you're saying. To me, it's more about how much do the Yankees improve while, and I don't know that this will happen, but it could. How much do the Orioles regress? Right, so let's it say, doesn't have to be a 19-game swing. Well, well, That's yes, what I'm saying. Yes, it does. It has to be, it can I'm be, saying the Yankees don't have to get 19, no, don't have to be 19 no, games no, better. But that's, that's my point. But that's part of the 15. Yeah, if, no, I understand what you're saying. All right, let's say the Yankees are 10 Yankees games better. Win nine, let's go 92. Let's just Ten be concerned. Let's go 82 to 92. Ten Boom, plus 10. Bang. But Orioles are eight games worse than they were last year. That gets it. They won 101 last year? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's plausible. But they're still better. So if the Yankees win are 10 games better than they were a year ago, which I think is very plausible. I think that's conservative. Maybe a little bit more. All right, but I'm saying the Orioles. I, gonna, I think they could win 94. I'm saying 95. the Orioles are going to be eight games worse. Let's say the Orioles. Maybe are, that's conservative. Or maybe that's ambitious. Whatever. Maybe, they, maybe they're better. They're, let's say they're nine games worse. Orioles, nine games worse than what they were a year ago. Yep. 101 team. And remember, this is different from the Mets. I know what you're saying. Okay. And the Yankees are 10 games better than what they were last year. Then they're equal. But then they're even at 92. You know, I mean. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you, I, I know, like, and, and a, that math works, but you know it doesn't work that way. Uh, I understand that, but you doesn't. can't say, the guy's coming on saying, LeMahieu's going to be better, Rizzo's going to be better, <laughs> Judge's going to be better. Well, based on what? Based on what exactly? All those guys are always hurt, and they're getting older. Yep. No, the, I'm not, not going to push back on so, that. So I can't sit here and hear you or anybody else say, well, LeMayu's going to bounce back, Stan's going to bounce back, Judge's going to bounce back, these guys are all, Rizzo's going to bounce back, Rodon's going to bounce back. All is great in Yankee land. Everybody's going to be healthy. Everybody's going to perform. Yankees are going to be 15 games better, but yet the Orioles are going to be dismissed. The young core who came out of nowhere last year, ran rough shot over the American League, won 101 games, finished 19 games. Dude, 19 games. This is like 1986 Mets stuff, 1998 Yankee stuff, 19 games better. That's a huge difference. All of a sudden, that team's going to fall apart based on what? No, they're they're not going to fall apart. Yeah, Anything can happen, but come on, you got to use some logic here. Their system is touted for a reason. Their young players who have already made the show are... You know, positioned as as ascending stars for a reason. The Orioles are really good, and they have more coming. And they traded oh, for Burns. I know. Trust me, I get it, man. I'm, I'm they didn't of, have an ace last year. It's got a big problem. Yeah, and uh, they and they sold the team. I know. Well, that's that's another bit. Yeah, I mean, you wonder how much of that. If does that happen? If Burns, I don't know. Is Burns acquired? If that sale doesn't go through, I'm, I'm not so sure. It just represents an immediate, you know, aggressive pivot, which doesn't bode well for the Yankees in all probability. But like, I take the Orioles and I put them here. And I, and I put them here respectfully. I expect them right. to be really good. So I really just get into where are the areas of spike for the Yankees? And we could do this for the Mets as well. But, like, where are the, where are the areas of, of, of legitimate increase from the Yankees? Well, I know he's had other injuries. But unless, ju- unless Judge runs into a wall, he's going to have 50 home runs. Right. Okay. Agreed. Even in a year where he doesn't play 150 games, he's going to hit 50 home runs. Soto, with his, and I'll even be a little conservative, transition to New York. In a down year, his OPS is going to be low 900s with a 415 on base percentage, 33, 34 bombs, and hit 280. Boom. And they're going back to back. And left field, which was the biggest problem for the Yankees this century. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't emphasize this enough. Just And I won't take you through all the years because I don't have enough time. But just last year, Hicks, Gallo, McKinney, Bowers, who got hurt making a sick play. Mm-hmm. I think that was in Texas. That's seven left fielders, dude. The guy that you're bringing in now not only is a good hitter, 281, he's played in playoff games, he's an outstanding defensive left fielder, and he's a scrapper, which you can't quantify with numbers, but you know Agreed. he's going to fit. I, so I know the Yanks will be better. Agreed. I know that. I'm not disagreeing they're not going to be better. Not. I'm, I'm saying that we cannot over or, or underestimate or overlook what's going on in the I'm rest not. of the American League East. Yes. Even the Rays, who we don't even mention... And yet every year, they win 90 games. Yeah. The, the Blue Jays, I don't think the Blue Jays are as good as the Yankees, but even they finished better than the Yankees did a year ago, and they won 89 ball games. So, yep. And they won for Otani, so if there's a big move to make during the season. and they, By the way, they, their Rodgers group is, the, is more affluent than Steve Cohen. They are the number one most affluent franchise in baseball. Right, so Cohen maybe wide the, margin. Well, they have billions like him? Oh, yeah. Like 14 billions or more. whatever? They're number one. Number, but they, but he he spends more, obviously. Uh, yeah, you know the payroll's higher, but I'm saying they've got the means to do right. what they want. No, so these are several different conversations. To sleep on the Orioles is 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 ridiculous. It's a young team that seems like they're going to be here for a while, 
um, to sleep on the Yankees is missing the mark. The answer is probably somewhere in between. Right. I know the Yankees need more, which is why I'm bothered by the fact that they didn't go all in like they told us they would. All right, Beatsy and Sal, it is 12.28 back on the fan. We'll get uh, Buck Showalter coming up in about 30 minutes, 1 o'clock here on the show. That's going to be awesome. Can't wait to get to a in-depth conversation with Buck. Uh, before we do that, call the number 10 right now, 866-540-WFAN. That's 866-540-9326. Your chance is nice. Win a hand and stone massage and facial spa gift. So win it, and then give it to your wife for Valentine's Day and make it seem like you went out of your way, and you're going to be a rock star. <laughs> Whoa, you must have moved mountains right. for this. Nah, I want it with BT and Sal. Win it, pretend you bought it. <laughs> exactly. Love, pamper, and repeat this Valentine's Day at your local hand and stone massage and facial spa. Get a free massage or facial gift card when you buy a spa package. Visit any one of their 80 New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut area hand and stone locations. So, BT, Hoff just sent me, BT and Sal, by the way, on the fan. We'll get back to your calls in a second. Hoff just sent me a graphic here. Okay. I love these things. Uh, and now I'm trusting the accuracy of it, although I see one blatant misspell mm. of the Who name. Who gave it to you, Hoff? Hoff sent uh, it to I me. Trust yeah. the accuracy. Uh, and I'm sure you got it off of Twitter or whatever. All right. Each MLB team's highest paid player the last time they won the World Series. Okay. So it's a fun game. We won't go through them all. Let's get but, some interesting ones here. Right. Uh, okay. And one thing so I So basically, you just, uh, you're going to name a team, and I'm going to try to identify the player who made the most money on that team the last time they won the championship. Let's just start with this recent year, the Texas Rangers. Who do you think the highest-paid player Seager. on the team was? Seager. No? What think about it? it. DeGrom. Was it really DeGrom? I was <laughs> going to say DeGrom. DeGrom. I thought it was I thought Seager made more. It's going to go okay. per year. Anyway, that's, Got it. that's basically the gist of it. Got it. You have a guess for the Yankees. Uh, Yeah. I mean, 2009, It's it's got to be A-Rod. Correct. A-Rod. $33 million a year. Now, you know what's weird to me? Like, the teams in my prime, as mm-hmm. we do these years of the baseball cards, like, let's say 85 through about 92, a lot of those teams haven't won since. You want to guess the Mets? Yeah, I'd love to guess the Mets. So let's go back to what year was that? 1986. 19, 1913? Yeah, oh, stop it. Was it 1929, yeah. right around the Depression? Oh, my bad. 1986. Yeah. And a little dusty. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I got and then you wonder why Mets fans hate <laughs> 1986. Yeah. All right, 1986. Uh, I know that it's either Keith or Gary. Uh, let's see. Ray Knight wasn't making big money. Daryl's still young. So was Doc. You have to think hard about I'm, this I'm, one. It's I'm, not I'm, an I am thinking one. here. I want to make sure. I want to make sure I'm not missing anybody. Not a Roscoe or McDowell in the pen. Not El Cid or, yeah. or El Cid or Aguilera. I'm going to give you a clue. Huh. Think the entire season, not just the end of the season. Oh, it's George Foster. Boom. How's that called, baby? Boom. What's you up? nailed it. And that's why even though Mets fans hate me, yeah. they love me because at least they know well, I, mean, I know I their team. I led you there, but yeah. Oh, you led me there. Well, Come I mean, on. I mean, at least he wasn't I mean, there. That's a tough one, George Foster, when they uh, cut him. Agreed. And who'd they bring in? My boy Lee Mazzilli. No, I remember. That's There's right. a drive off Mazzilli's back. He had a home run. Bob Costas called it on a Saturday. I remember Shea, That was yeah. against the Cardinals. They love they him love even more. They love him more now in Queens. I never loved Mazzilli. Anyway. Let's go. Uh, I, I like Lee now more than I did. It just it never resonated, and then he became more of a Yankee. And you know the whole oh, first. Yeah. Anyway, they they spe- the last time the A's won the World Series, which was nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. That was the earthquake. That's series. what I mean. Like I feel like oh my I'm god. I say Dave Stewart. 
Jose Canseco. And by the way, they spelled it. I, mean, I was it. thinking Canseco, but I thought Stewart may have had that. They had four. You know, Dave Stewart won twenty games four years in a row. He was a beast. Four. And he went. They traded him to Toronto afterward, right? And he uh, won. What yes, that? yes. Because right, wasn't he with them when they played the Phillies? Yeah, I, I think it was after. Whoever these people are that came up with this graphic, they spelled Jose Canseco C O N. Oh, C A N S C C. Come on, keep going. This is fun. I like this. What else? Um. The Reds won in nineteen ninety. Yes, they beat. They swept the uh, the A's four right. zip. Right. Uh, I remember gonna... my father betting my uncle. My father knows nothing about sports. Okay. The A's down three games to none, which you remember at the time was like, how oh, are the oh, A's? Yeah. yeah. And my uncle was like, they're ne-. my uncle's big Yankee fans, but like big sports fans, they're never gonna get swept. These are the A's. They can't get swept. My father's like, oh yeah, I'll mm-hmm. bet you. Thinking just logically, like they beat them three times in a row already. Like, why wouldn't they beat him again? And they did. And even wow. I was like, Dad, don't do that. Did, did he bet A's? money? What did they bet? Yeah, do you remember what it was? Probably a couple hundred bucks. Whatever nice. It was. Yeah. Lou Pinella, masterful that year for the Reds. All right, so to me, the first two names that come to mind are Eric Davis and Barry Larkin. I'm trying to remember their big horse on the mound in terms of money. Now you're getting warm. Yeah. Uh, their bullpen was insane. Charlton mm-hmm. and those boys, the nasty devil. Uh, God, why, why am I forgetting their ace? Jeez. Uh, Lefty. It's going to annoy me. It's a big name, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big name. You definitely know him. I, of course I know him. I, I, who is it now? Tom Browning. What kind of money was he making? $2 million. Dude, think about this. Yeah. Even for Foster, $2.8 million. Canseco, $1.6. Browning, uh-huh. two, uh, yeah, two, Browning, $2.1 which is just insane. Keep going. Hit uh, me with a few more. I, you want to give me? A, uh, you want to pick I don't a team? Know, just pick some old. So I like this. A couple um, more. Um, let's Have see. Fun. How about? Here's one. Okay. Uh, Minnesota. We'll go right after that. Minnesota. Okay. So the Minnesota Twins that year. Let's see. Kirby was amazing. I mean, my first thought was Kirby. Uh, Jack Morris was there, and obviously the pitcher is getting big money. I'm going to probably say Jack Morris Good at that point. call, BT. Let's Jack go. Morris at 3.75. All right, we'll do a couple more here. Yes, yes. Um, you know, why not the Orioles? Let's go back to the Orioles. Ooh, wow. The Orioles this go back to 1980? I don't even, I honestly don't yeah, even know the, the year. They beat the Phillies, right? Was it, wait, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. I a- don't 83. know the year. 83. Yeah, Cal's rookie, rookie year. year. Okay, right. So it was 83. And I believe the last out, I remember watching this and I was nine. I believe the last out was to Cal Ripken. A little soft liner at shortstop. Anyway, um, all right, the Orioles in 83. My first guess is Eddie Murray because Eddie was there in the 70s, and I would have to think he was getting big money at this point. Scotty McGregor was a pitcher. Was the sensei on that team maybe? Third base, Dempsey catcher. Mm, McGregor, Flanagan. I'm going to say Eddie Murray. Flanagan. Oh, close. I was right in the neighborhood. 650000 a year. Oh. All right, a couple more here. Yeah. Dave Parker. Dave Parker. For, uh, oh, what? idiots. I got about distracted. With the Pirates with yeah. 79. There you go. We yep. are family. They, they beat the Orioles that year. I was, I'm such Kent an idiot. Kent Dave up. Parker. Bill Madlock won a couple batting titles Tigers. Tigers was 84. And that's always, I always reference, they started 35 and 5. Just imagine if the Yankees or the Mets started 35 and 5. 35 and 5. All right. Willie Hernandez was the MVP. And he was the reliever. Not crazy money. Trammell came up along with Whitaker. Uh, Jack Morris threw a no-hitter. How old was Jack Morris at this point? He was definitely their ace. Dan Petrie was number two. Position player. I'll give you a clue. Okay, thank you. Uh, Daryl Evans was old, so I don't think it would have been Daryl Evans. Could have been their catcher, Parrish. I don't think it would have been Chet Lemon. Have you heard the name yet? I have heard the name. Trammell. Evans. 
It was Daryl Evans. Close. Yeah, over a million bucks. That. Just over a million. He was like 41 years old. This is a fun game. Last one for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Diamondbacks. <laughs> what? Well, like the, it's somewhat recent. I'll forget. Uh, obviously, that's the one that really hurt. Um, might, might be why I picked it. Might not be, but the Diamondbacks. Last time, <laughs> such just for ass, clarification, dude. just so people yeah. listening, in case they don't know what that's year was it that they two thousand one, the last time they won, right? All right, just making so sure it wasn't Craig Council. <laughs> no, uh, it was either. Let me see. Where was Big Unit at that point, salary wise, compared to Kurt Schilling? That's got to be Randy Johnson. And if you get this correctly, I will give you a gift. Is that your final answer? No, it's not because I know that it's wrong now that based on your reaction to no, it. No, you, you said you'll give me a gift? I, a gift if you got it right. Is that your final answer, uh, Randy? Hold on, let me think about this now. In 2001, Randy came up with the Expos. Don't in the overthink 80s. it. Randy Johnson. Randy is Johnson is correct. And to commemorate this game, and that's the last one we do, I have not one. But two bobbleheads for you, BT. <laughs> there is a Randy yeah, Johnson, Johnson Diamondback bobblehead, and here is another one for you. If and I wish you were on TV to see against the wall with these. With Luis these Gonzalez. Ones. Oh, it's even better. Luis Gonzalez to commemorate. Let's put those in the, with these two. Let's put those in the studio here. How about there we go? You got I a Randy Johnson against the wall take, and see how strong the glass is. Just to make sure, BT. That you guys <laughs> I'm not holding. We're not on TV. That would sneaky today. I had those. I brought them in. I'm cleaning out. I'm cleaning out my my house. We're moving right. Yeah. These things. I'm like, what am I going to do with these bobbleheads from the Diamondbacks of 2001? Oh, I got it. I'll give them to BT as a gift on the air. And this just so happens that it was a good moment. I told Hop during the segment, I go, go get the bobbleheads. You, you were planning on no. You were planning on ending with the Diamondbacks the whole time? No, I saw it. And then I said, uh, you know what? Segment? Let me go get the, right, let me go get the bobbleheads. Creative move Man, right those are there. nice in the studio. Evan will like those. Randy yeah. Johnson, Luis Gonzalez, Keith McPherson. Matter of fact, I'm gonna Keith's keep, not going to like it. I'm He's going to hate it. Keith might not even remember it. But I'm going to leave them right here for Keith so he can see it. We'll leave the bobbleheads. Right Look here at those disgusting nice... purple ass pinstripe uniform. Randy Johnson, the highest paid player last time Diamondbacks won, and Luis Gonzalez, who disgusting. remember he had the big I, hit. I, I remember. Yeah. By the way, how much was he making? Yeah. <laughs> the exit velo was seventy nine. No, not enough the is the answer. Not enough. Yeah, he, <laughs> so that was fun. That was actually fun. I do Walter love those history. old school baseball. That Little stuff. warm up for uh, World Series Ooh, Game yeah, Five. No, I, I was I was in the baseball card like mental. I, I was that's why I was enjoying it. All right, eight seven six. What's By up, the way, uh, Mariano was making nine million to throw that last pitch. Oh man. Why not you go watch a Mookie Wilson highlight? 877-337-66. Why not you watch the highlight of Mookie and Letty smashing it heads in center field? Have, have fun with oh, that. Uh, 877-337-6666. BT and Sal. Do I have a read? Yes or no? Do I have a read? I'm getting all, all pissed off. Sal's got I have a read. read. Oh, Good, okay, you read. You go. All right, BT and Sal. I, I actually thought about lighting these guys on fire in the studio. Why? They're very nice. Well, because I have a, a lighter from uh, my fire pit that's still in my jacket. You think it would work? I was going to try. Oh, okay. He's, you know, right now we don't have a PD. I mean, we do, but Spikey's right. not yeah. here today. So no, if you have can... a chance to get away with something, and I was yeah. going to light these guys on fire. But... Probably a clear hazard in this yeah. studio. Put right. them right next to the George right. Bush bobblehead that Evan brought in. Yeah, yeah. I think it's you know from the same World Series, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> 2001. It, it, it is, actually. Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, hey, Buck Showalter's going to join us coming up next. going to be awesome. You know, Buck is uh, nothing confirmed. we got to get him back on TV, though. I like Buck on TV. Find get him back what, to his real home. Find out what he's doing. Yeah, I might invite him on the uh, on the couch at Baseball Night in New York for a day. Come <laughs> yeah. hang out on the couch. There's a couple of warm-up spots before yeah. he gets back on Yes. <laughs> we'll talk to him about that, obviously, what happened with the Mets a year ago. All this Yankee stuff as well. I mean, you know, he was there 
at the height of the nuttiness, the height of the spending. Obviously, Stick Michael took over when George was suspended like his. So, you know, it's not just going to be all Mets. It's going to be just a good, thorough baseball chat with one of the smartest and uh, really, I, I think, nicest and, and good-hearted, well-intentioned baseball figures we've had in a long time. I love Buck oh, No, it's Buck Miss. It's Buck Miss in February. I can't wait to talk to him. There was a reason why I was excited about the Mets hiring him. Yep. And because I know he's a real great manager. Uh, and... and there, there just aren't any real managers in big league baseball anymore. I know he had an awful year last year. I know the sport has evolved and it's changing, but Buck Showalter, one of the last actual real managers. Yep. And he, you know, kind of like Parcells, obviously he didn't win the championship, but in that he built up multiple programs, right? You look at the different teams that he built up. Yeah, you know, the, the track record is there. Unfortunately, it didn't go the way that uh, the Mets had hoped. And, of course, former teammates with uh, Don Mattingly. So we'll have to get a little Donnie baseball go. story yeah. from the minors. Why not? Oh, he loves Donnie. Of he course. Loves him. Mm. Well, unfortunately, he didn't get the opportunity to get over the hump with Donnie in the postseason. But well, Donnie tried. He hit 417 against Seattle that year. No, I, well, I know. <laughs> he certainly <laughs> tried, man. But that's coming up at 1. So all the stuff with Buck will be uh, looking forward to that. Right now, we get back to you in the story of the day. Let's face it. About those Yankees, here we are, the Orioles getting this guy, uh, Astros getting this guy. Yankees haven't gotten anybody since, in terms of a big move, really, a big, big move since Soto. What's going on? They have not delivered on their promise. Jerry's up in the Bronx. What's going on, Jer? BT, what's happening? Jerry, how are you, pal? Jerry! (laughs) Well, you guys... Guys, make my day. You don't understand. I take my phone when you guys are on the app. Even when I go in the bathroom, I listen to you guys. That's I mean, awesome. uh, it's, it's an addiction. I love it. Well, thank it's you. It's great radio. That's all I can tell you. Appreciate that very much, Jerry. And I and believe me, from the bottom of my heart, listen to me. If we look at the, what the, the moves that Cashman made, let's take out of the equation Soto and Stroman. Now, he made these trades with the Dodgers, the two left-handers. He gave up a total of five or six players, one of them being Trey Sweeney, who was ranked second in their organization at shortstop. The kid has talent. Now, you have the trade with Boston, okay? They gave up a handful of guys with Weissert in that collection who did pretty good for us. If you didn't make those two trades, kept Wandy Peralta, maybe got Caleb uh, Ferguson, to back up Wandy and signed a Corey Bellinger in the outfield because you didn't make the trade with Boston, you would be set up perfect. And not only that, you would have those prospects to maybe dangle to get Corbin Burns. I mean, you're adding another five or six prospects to your collection. Maybe you would have been able to swing that deal. Who knows? Either way, but though, Jerry, they, they they have to spend either money or give up the prospects. Okay. They gave oh, up the prospects. I, yeah, no, I know. I'm just I'm agreeing with you. They gave up the prospects to get Soto, but they needed more. And if you're not going to give up more prospects, and, fine. Then you got to go spend the money. And that's right. It's either you're going to spend the money or use the prospects. You can't play both sides. What Cashman is doing, he's trying to save nickel and dime and save a couple of million a year just in case he needs it next year because that's going to be uh, – Soto and and a couple other guys are going to be available that they they can use. But I think Corey Bellinger would have been the best thing. That's what I think. You know, what do you guys think? I I think he's – Bellinger's a guy that I've I've talked about for a long time here. And, Jerry, thanks for the call, buddy. Appreciate how much you love the show. The problem with the Yankees – they don't seem as if they have any sort of long-term vision. It's like they're reacting year to year. 
well, we don't have a left fielder. Let's, you know, shake this tree. Oh, Hicks fell out. Or Hicks was before that. Gallo uh-huh. fell out of it. All right. You know, for some reason, despite having a fence 314 feet away in right field, we have no left-handed sticks outside of Rizzo, who's getting older. And it wasn't even ours. We didn't draft them. All right, well, uh, Soto, let's get... And I love that they're getting him, and I do think they'll resign him, but it's like an aggressive last-second Hail Mary, like, we got to fix this massive problem. Let's go get Juan Soto. To me, Bellinger represented now and tomorrow because, you know, Rizzo's starting to age out. You have no first baseman knocking on the door of the, of the major leagues, and it would have been perfect. And then you have Austin Wells, who's on the come-up, who I believe is going to hit. Now, all of a sudden, you look around, you got and you retain Soto. You've got three or four lefties, you know? Volpe's a righty with speed and pop, and now you've got a more balanced lineup. It's more cyclical like the Yankees used to be. So that, to me, is the most frustrating part. Their plan changes a lot. To me, the biggest issue with the Yankees are the people who are running things. Oh, is that all? Well, but but that's... Like, it's not going to change. The, the biggest until... problem with the food here is the chef. Well, you... I mean, well, well, you, that's you, a problem with what you're saying, dude. I know, but you and I think other Yankee fans were hopeful that Hal was going to override the problem in Cashman by spending, whether it's to go players to go away, bringing in, yep. and make that overtake the, the main issue is that Cashman has struggled to build a team. He hasn't. Therefore, it's on Cashman to make the right moves. And I don't know how anybody at this particular point, like, I'm not knocking Brian Cashman. I think he's one of the great general managers that we've seen. However, it's run its course here. Like, this this is what happens in sports. Yep. It's time for him to go somewhere else. And he's not going somewhere else. He's here. And guess what? It's the same stuff. They're doing the same stuff now that they did a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, hoping for different results. I know that Juan Soto is one of the best players in baseball. I think it's a great move for the Yankees. However, if you think that Juan Soto is the only issue you know, filling Juan Soto coming here is going to fix all the Yankees' problems. You're just not paying attention. It's a lot deeper than that. Yeah, I mean, he's um, he's a problem solver. He's not a complete problem eliminator, to your point. Yeah, they got they got some other things you got to deal with. Yeah. What would you say? The biggest problem with the Yankees are the, uh, the, guy, the, the guys running things or the guys calling the shot? The what, guys I forget calling what I, the I, shot. I forget you know, what but Hal and Cashman, I mean, that's it. Well, listen. I love the show, except that's an amazing show, but the hosts aren't good. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's a pro- I know, but what do you want me to tell yeah, you? This car we, is awesome. There's no gas. But we could sit here talking about what moves they didn't make or they said that they were going to go uh-huh. on and they didn't. The reality is, and fans know this because they've been screaming about it for years, it's time for a change. Oh, I've been saying this forever. Right, so I've if, been screaming and, this and forever. And if, if the change with Cashman isn't going to happen, then they needed to change the philosophy or the operation, meaning give up more prospects or spend more money. And that hasn't changed. Yeah. So we're in the same boats. He has not evolved. And he is not. And by the way, it's going to get worse if the Yankees stay this way and lose Juan Soto. Then what? No, I don't worry about that. If that ha- I can't worry about that now. I got other things to worry about. I'm now, just saying now. that that's that's the projection uh, yeah, here. He's not going anywhere. Forget he's, the Pocota projection, Lakota yeah. projection. Yankees aren't going to offer the most money to Soto, mm-hmm. much like they didn't with Aaron Judge. And this time they're going to get burnt because somebody will offer him more money, and he's going to take it. I'm not as worried. You better about- hope that somebody's not 
You know who? I, I'm not as worried about the Lakata projection here. Unless a couple of Lakata projections. Oh, this one was been, dead on. They've been a little erroneous. This here. one with you the know, Yankees. The division's that, over. Yeah. You know, King Cohen, Yamamoto. I'll take my chances with this Lakata prediction. The, the no Yankee, offense, buddy. Yeah, that's fine. The Yankee he's, he's one. Going is, to the, Queens, the Yankee please. one has been dead dead, dead on. <laughs> Whether he. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think Soto's going to take the most money? I mean, every time you ask me that, I say yes. Right. And now, then, that's why I need the Yankees to have a big season. And you know the follow-up to that is generally... Who's going to have? Who's gonna spend the most money? Well, do you think the Yankees are? I think the Yankees will match whatever Cohen does. And, and, well, forget and, and, even Cohen. Well, think about it. Well, yes, I do. For him, I do. And if he enjoys it here, I think that'll be enough. So but I, I got to see if he enjoys it's it. It's going to be another player that they're going to have We're to gonna get. We're going to sweat it out. It's not going to be no, a lock. But Let's it, put it that it's way. It's going to sweat this thing out. Much like Judge, it's going to be another player that if they get, it's going to be because he wants to be here, not because they paid him the most money. Mike is on Staten Island. Mike, I know you're on hold there for a while. What's happening, Mike? Thank you very much for having me, guys. Uh, you got A couple it. of points I want to make about the Yankees. Okay. I'm a huge Yankee fan, uh, but their fans are delusional. For some reason, they think... John Carlos Sands could hit 35 home runs in this best case scenario thing. Nobody think thinks DJ that. Nobody thinks going to hit 325. Nobody I mean, thinks that. No, Boone and Cashman think that. That's well, even worse. But he said fans. Yeah, Go I ahead. Agree. And then with yeah, the, right, like, Sal, that's fine. True. Uh, I don't think they want to sign any of these players to long term deals. So they pretend they want to like make these offers, but they're fake offers that they don't want accepted, and it's on their terms. And these players aren't going to give up less to play for the Yankees because for some reason the Yankees think that, you know, there's still a thing where it's prestigious to play for them. And last thing, I think uh, Taylor Swift's being used to get women addicted to gambling. Hmm. That's an interesting little throw in there. Uh, thanks for the call and the I was interesting a, theory, yeah, Mike. I was in agreement with a lot of the stuff <laughs> until that. I mean, come on with these conspiracy theories. Yeah, that's what Taylor Swift is doing. She needs the money from the NFL, so yeah. she's going out there to lure men into gambling. No, women. Women into gambling. Women whatever. into gambling. Yeah. Well, they, they've already got the men market corner, yeah. buddy. They, whatever. They got yeah. us. Come on. <laughs> Go for the other side. Um, come Jesus. on. I mean... Which one are you trying to digest here? Taylor Swift or the Yankee stuff? Uh, really the Taylor Swift one, but I, I don't really have anywhere else to go. <laughs> Come on, I mean, I huh. don't think Yankee fans are delusional. I think that Yankee... Oh, no, well, no, 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 no. Think about what he said to start the call. He's like, Yankee fans are delusional. They think Stanton's going to hit 35 bombs. I don't know anybody that thinks Stanton's going to hit 35 bombs. He might pull 35 hamstrings. The, or uh, what yeah. was that line in Clerks? Uh, yeah. uh, 37? <laughs> yeah. The bigger issue, uh, while I think all fan bases are delusional to to an extent, some more than others, the bigger issue is that Cashman yes. and Boone really believe that these guys, the same guys who have failed for several years, are going to be different this year. That's, that's all that matters. That's exactly No, no, right. I think that's a good point. Like, they it doesn't... said last year, J.D., Josh Donaldson, Monster year, guys. Yeah. Boone talking to John Boy. But JD's going to be the guy monster year. This year at Stanton's going to, yeah, I know. I know. No He's in great one's, shape. No yeah, one's buying on. that except really at this point, I guess, the people who matter, which is most disconcerting. 877-337-6666. Speaking of managers, one of our favorites, Buck Showalter, next on The Fan with BT and Sal. I like this one. I don't know what the hell Boyle's hey, doing you know, here. You've had nothing but complaints. Today. These you, songs stink, your dude. Your music, I mean, music is subjective, so I can't right. say that musical taste is terrible. Sorry, but it's it, not Eminem every come, you know, it's coming not, back every time. It's not eclectic at all. How about like something that happened in the last hate? 30 years, for good, yeah, goodness sake? I mean, oh, my listen, God. I bet you our next guest likes it. He has musical taste. He's, Merry uh, Buckmas, <laughs> BT. It's yeah, Buckmas in February. 
worry. We love this guy. He's been on the scene since the early 90s with the Yankees, of course, until uh, last year with the Mets. Uh, just a wonderful baseball story. Four-time manager of the year. 1,700-plus wins and uh, one of the brilliant tacticians. We truly are big fans. Looking forward to having a good conversation. Buck Showalter, Buck, it's BT and Sal. How are you today, sir? What's happening? Welcome to our show. What's up, man? I'm still fooling them. Did you guys watch the Grammys? Yeah, a little bit. Well, my daughter, who's seven, loves Taylor. So, uh, yeah, I got yeah. duped into a little bit. How about, how about yourself? What's not the like? No, I uh, I was traveling, and so my wife taped it. So we got to uh, fast forward to the parts that uh, didn't make much sense. Yeah, <laughs> although there's a lot of those on, on some of these shows here. Did you get to but see? the music was great. Did you see Tracy Chapman? I did. I used to love special. that car, too. Uh, that song, oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Buck talking music out of the shoot. Did you see Billy Joel play his new hit? I did. Okay. I did. All right. So Buck is uh, up to speed on music, and Buck sounds like he's ready to go. You know what I noticed about the Grammys, Buck? Taylor uh, Taylor Swift didn't have her boyfriend there. Travis Kelsey was sitting. Somehow she flies. not be. She flies. Well, yeah. She, she went to, come on, Buck. She flies around the country to see him. I mean, she went to Buffalo, which is maybe the worst place on earth, and he can't go to the Grammys for a few hours? He's working. He's working. Thank if you. you're his teammate or his coach or a fan of their football team, where do you want him right now? Yeah. I, oh, but, well, now you bend over no, because well, Buck says it, that uh, you were wrong. Come on, I'm man. Not say, I'm not saying Buck's wrong. However, yes, from the sports aspect of it. But, Buck, I mean, we're talking about relationships here. I mean, you know, if he wants to marry this girl, I think he should have supported hey, her. You better get your priorities in order. We're yeah. talking about a Super Bowl here. <laughs> that is right. That is absolutely right, So Buck. Super Bowl greater than relationship. All right. I respect no, no, it. No, no, I didn't, You know, yeah. don't, uh, don't give me started. We're not going to attribute the, that to you. Don't worry. So, Buck, we got a lot of things to roll by here. We're looking forward to a nice conversation. And we started with the Yankees, right? Obviously, a lot of Met things, too. But the Yankees, to me... I'm disappointed, and I thought they were going all in. Now, I am thankful for Soto. He's amazing. Judge, that 2-3 or 3-4 combo, however they actually stack him. I think it'll be Soto 2 and then Judge 3. I think that's what it should be. Uh, they're going to be prolific. We know that. Verdugo's an upgrade. You got Garrett Cole. But it just seemed like they were going all in. And it doesn't seem like they're going all in. How would you How would you rate or how would you uh, analyze the Yankees' offseason this year after a very disappointing 2023? Well, I think they were very competitive last year. I think they're going to get another chance. I, I still like the rotation. There's a lot of teams, you know, oh, gosh, we got to sign Rodon. Well, they did. He just happened to be hurt some. Uh, Stroman is a guy that uh, has got a real talented hand and likes pitching in that environment, I think. And, I, and you look at a rotation of Cole and Rodon and Stroman and maybe what, Schmidt and maybe Cortese, that, that's uh, a lot of people would kill for that rotation. Uh, the guy that they added – that I think went under the radar that I really like is uh, Grisham, Trent Grisham. Hmm. He's probably one of the best top three center fielders in the league, in the National League. I, I was really impressed. This guy can really go get the ball. And he'll figure out a way to get in the picture just by what he brings every day. Volpe's going to be a year better. Some of those those guys graduate. He's got, you know, I, I just think uh, they've added some some good pieces. Their bullpen, I think, is, is going to be solid again. And um, I think the health of Rodon is going to be uh, big if he can uh, get where he's capable of getting. That, that's going to be a good club again. One uh, you know, know. defensively, I, I think they're going to be improved a little bit too. Yeah, I got to say, Buck, I hate the idea of of Trent Grisham's name even being brought up, especially from you, the damn Padres, a couple of years ago. But back to the Yankees for a second. You mentioned Grisham in the outfield. 
How about Judge? Would you worry about Judge? He's going to be playing center field here to start the year until Dominguez could come back. The, the main priority has to be keeping a guy like that healthy. Would you worry about the wear and tear on Judge in center field? Well, I think, you know, first of all, I want to let uh, Aaron and, and uh, Cash handle that. They know him better than I do. and They wouldn't do something like that if, if, if they didn't feel confident about it. And I think that's why Grissom's here to, to give him some time there. You know, it's very it's good for a manager to have a, a team and an outfield that you can move around on a given day. You know, Soto might DH one day, Stanton's capable of going out there. You know, they've got a lot of interchangeable pieces, and Verdugo fits into that mix too. Uh, nobody's ever questioned the talent level he brings. So I just think they've got a lot of interchangeable parts in the outfield, and Aaron will certainly figure out how they fit. You know, Buck, one of the things, I was looking at Buck Showalter, BT and Sal on the fan, one of the things that the Yankees got away from, and it's, it's, it's bothered me, and one of their great things is that they are very corporate, and, and that could be a positive. And then there's other times when it's not. You know, you need some live wires. You know, like when Darryl was here with the Yankees, O'Neal slamming coolers. I know it's a different generation of players. I get that. But you need a couple of guys who are a little unpredictable, and somebody like Verdugo and somebody like Stroman with their, their energy and their, their on-field dynamics. I, I, I think the, the Yankees became too boring and almost too programmed and those guys will add a little much a much needed juice kind of wake things up a little bit buck well i know people around the league probably think that there's a, people are spoiled a little bit by their success over the years with the one wins and losses but at the same time i know there's only really one way you're evaluated in new york if you're the last team standing they're certainly not going to be boring i can tell you that i think they're going to bring a lot of different personalities to the table and aaron and his staff are good at that i uh at handling that i think brian's got a lot of a lot of confidence in them but uh you know talented guys work in new york it works when you perform it it all works if you don't perform uh it doesn't work and who's got a problem with that that's kind of why we get up in the morning it's i used to tell the players you know we control all the narrative. We, it, they're not controlling it. We control it. You know, play better and things work out. It's real simple. You control it. And it may not be for everybody, but it, there's a great reward for it if you can handle it. And you've done it certainly with both teams here in town, whether it be with the Yankees uh, and obviously with the Mets a couple years ago. BT and Sal on the fan talking with Buck Showalter. You know, with the Yankees, Buck, it's different expectations going into the year. Even though we felt maybe they didn't do enough this offseason as far as all-in, they still have a team that could compete for a World Series. The Mets, a team you you know just were with here, managing them the last couple of years, they are not. This is kind of a step back here. My question with this team is the, the core. You were there for this. You won 101 games with this ball club uh, You know, two years ago. Obviously, it didn't go the way that everybody had hoped last year for a variety of reasons. What do you think of the core of this New York Mets team? Oh, I think they're underestimating what they're, uh, I think, down deep. Everybody's trying to be the last team standing. They've got a lot of things going for them in that they're going to get Edwin Diaz back. Uh, you know, there's certain things you remember in your life, uh, what was going on at the time. I remember getting the text message from uh, Brandon Nimmo. I was going to bed because we get up early in spring training. I said, are you watching this when Edwin went down? Uh and then, you know, we've played, what, two-thirds a year? They're going to have Quintana back. He was – that was a huge loss for us. And now they've added, what, Manea, and, and they're going to have Singa for a whole year knowing exactly what he's capable of. Severino's got a chance to pop. And you're going to get Marte back, the guy that hits second and plays good defense. I mean, those are some big additions. And I like uh, what they've done with the coaching staff. And uh, they got some good young players coming. Uh, Wendell was a good uh, – 
good addition. You know, Beatty and Bentos and Alvarez are a year older, a year wiser. Um, I wouldn't, I think they're in a good place. I really do. And there's some things you can hit having Quintana and Edwin Diaz and, and, um, of course, Marte back all year is huge. You know, Buck, I like what you just did there and it's sincere. You said you like what they did with the coaching staff. Right. I like, I love uh, John Gibbons is a bench coach. That's a great move. Mike Sarbaugh, the third base coach. I saw him back in Kinston years ago. I thought he was going to be a star and, and I love what Carlos brings. I mean, he's got a great reputation. He's very calm and sincere, and it'll play well. Uh, he knows the game. I love his path. He's followed a great path of experience to get uh, this opportunity, and guys like him should get an opportunity. Yeah, but I, just to complete the thought from before, I it, it's impressive for you to be able to say that so shortly after the way it ended. Like that's mm-hmm. that's noble. Uh, I quite frankly, I'm not sure that I'd be able to wax poetic about you know somebody that I wouldn't I wouldn't diss them, but I I might just uh, like not to talk about them because a lot of Met fans didn't like the way you were treated at the end. And I'm a Yankee guy, but I'm sitting there saying Buck deserves better than the way this is going down. So you well, apparently you've forgotten, like you've moved on. You're okay. You know, life's too short, guys. You know, I don't want to be the angry old guy on the front porch screaming at the kids. You know, I've. I learned things. There's a lot of good people there that, uh, you know, I think David will take advantage of. He's brought in some, some good people. And, um, you know, there's, there's room for everybody at the at the trough, so to speak. I, you know, these guys that are trying to promote themselves by somebody else's failures. You know, I learned a long time ago, you take what job is given to you, you grind the heck out of it. And don't worry about your title or where it may lead, and you might be surprised where it leads. Just do the job you're hired to do as well as you can do it. They got Eric Chavez back as a hitting coach. Yep. Now we know, and that you know, and they kept, uh, you know, and Jeremy's there too. Uh, so it's a good group. It's a good group, and uh, um, I'm pulling for them. I'm pulling for both teams, and New York always have, except when they play us. You know, I, I agree with you, Buck, as far as what the Mets have done with their staff. I think it's nice. However, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a bigger voice in this town that was more supportive of the hiring of you, you know, the whole Mary Buckmas thing, and there was a reason behind it, because you're a legit manager. And, you know, now I know the way the game is going with these data applicators, as I like to call them, guys that are, you know, being influenced by the front office or guys that maybe don't have enough experience or as much experience as you did but you didn't really get a chance to finish the story here. One year, very good. One year, not so good. I would like to see you get an opportunity here in a third year and see what you could do. Did you get the chance to talk to David Stern to potentially be back for that third year? I, I talked to Dave, what, I think two or three days after, uh, it was a couple of days after his press conference. And that, that's as much my fault as his. We were both moving around a lot. He had obviously a lot going on. And I've heard good stuff about him. And, you know, Things I don't confuse. Um, you know, he wants his own people. I understand that. You know, there's Billy Epler wanted his people. I mean, the next guy's going to want people that they're comfortable with and know. And do I think I could? You know, we all want to think that we could could do the job as well and, and get an opportunity. But that's that's not. It doesn't always work out the way you hope and wish it would. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't sit there and overanalyze it. You just you know try to you know, be a voice of reason and try to understand. There are a lot of things I don't understand, but it's it's not up to me. And I, I have a lot of respect for Steve Cohen and his family treated me and my family great. And the Mets fans are in good hands. And they'll 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 get it going again, especially with these people coming back from the injured list. 
they'll be able to put their best foot forward. Having Edwin back is huge. That's big. Uh, he's he's absolutely Buck, what do you, what do you think? You know, I dubbed it. Not only did I come up with Mary Buckmas, I came up with the Worthless Baseball Classic last year. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the World Baseball Classic? Well, I'm a little biased. You know, I we lost Edwin. I mean, that was, that was a killer. You know, I tried to put on a good face. But, you know, David Robertson did a good job uh, for us. And, you know, Adam Adebanyo, who I came to really respect, is, did the job for us too. Brooks Fraley, we pieced it together. But, you know, you subtract from something, it makes something else less less good, so to speak. And we had to add those guys at the end of the game. So I just think having uh, – I like what they've done in their bullpen too. But uh, the WBC serves a purpose globally. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, I've been to Dominican, I've been to Venezuela, I've been to Mexico, I've been to, you know, these countries, and I know how much it means to them, and I know how uh, the cultures just, and so it's important that we know that we're not alone on this earth, and yep. this, this baseball game is is global, and we want to keep growing it, we have a responsibility to, to the game, to, and I, I'm sure that's what the commissioner and everybody has in mind, so I try not to question the things I don't understand, you know, any any fool can take something that and, and make it complicated. It takes real, you know, a smart guy to make something that's complicated simple. And that's really what coaching is. You try to take something complicated and make it simple. Yeah, that's good stuff. We're talking to Buck Showalter, of course, uh, former Mets skipper. Started with the Yankees all the way back in the day as the Yankees were beginning their renaissance. And, you know, Buck was uh, right in the middle of all that. It's just an amazing baseball life. He's with us here, BT and Sound on the fan. All right, you mentioned before, you mentioned Billy Epler's name. Can you explain to us how it works modern day? Because, you know, growing up, you know, I'm sure Billy Martin had a rough night at the bar. He gets to the clubhouse whenever he gets there, fires back nine or ten cigarettes, and he writes out the lineup card. It's very different now. Did you, and I'm I'm so curious about this because everybody's guessing, you go to the ballpark, was it solely, hey, this is what I, of course you have information, but was it 100% you? Was there collaboration with Billy? How does it work constructing the lineup modern baseball? Well, you know, I, I spoke to Billy three or four times a day. I mean, we we uh, had a great line of communication. I'm sure uh, Carlos and, and uh, David or whoever may be in the in the line of conversation. We had a lot of input, but at the end of the day, we, we made the lineup and, and we went with it. it there's certain things that What's the real expression? Be careful about telling truths that hurt innocent people. You know, there's certain things you wear as a manager. As you look, if you look up the definition of a manager, you know, you, you have to wear certain things. And that's just part of your job description where you talk to the media twice a day for, what, seven months. I mean, yeah. it's football coaches chuckle at us. Whether they talk to them on Monday, maybe. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, uh, I, it's 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 part of the job description now, and you better be decent at it, and you have to have respect. I, one a piece of advice: I never listened to a broadcast. I never listened. I read articles as I went down there every day. I turned to Ethan Wilson, who's great at what he does there, the PR director. I said anything I need to know about. It. I just didn't want to be ambushed. And mm-hmm. in order to interact with people every day, if if you're going to read and listen to every little thing said or written, you're going to have a problem. The problem now is with the different lines of of uh, communication so to speak um there's just so many things families and wives and kids everybody's exposed to and sometimes by the player by the time the player gets to the ballpark he's been made aware of all this that's why you know i used to get up from my office and people in there said hey i gotta go walk the locker room i just walk the locker room two or three times a day you need to to interact with the players and find out what's going on with them every day because that's what it's about it's about the players and it's about the fans and if you ever lose sight of that as a manager or coach yep 
because we're all replaceable. Very quickly, they'll mourn you for five minutes, and they're going to wonder who the next guy is coming in. So you know how it goes. Keep in mind yeah. where you are yep. on the food chain. Yeah, but just to be clear, Buck, because you say you know sometimes you have to wear it as the manager. When you say no, there may be something with an injury or something that's going on. Uh, okay. Why a guy well, could I, perform or I, didn't? But you know, but I was given you know yeah, I, I made lineups out. We had input from a lot of people. You know, as much as they think things, we confuse change with a lack of respect for tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're doing things back in the early nineties on base percentage. Nowadays, we just have different ways to evaluate and be more accurate. And okay. yeah, you know, I told everybody, come on in, bring everything you got in here, and let's talk about it. Tell me what it tells us, and then tell me what it doesn't. What if, tell what us. if the numbers are telling you something that that you don't agree with? Who's who's going to get final say on that? Because that's a tricky spot. But sometimes you got to still go with the gut, which you do. Well, yeah, I, I think that's that's part of uh, you know managing and coaching a game that has a heartbeat you know there's i know that uh you know something's happened in their life that may not make them the best player that day i know there's there's just ebbs and flows to a season there are times when you feel like you may not ever win another game there's times when you feel like you may not ever lose another game so you stretch out the good times and shorten the bad times and try to be consistent through it the players behind closed doors you can have emotions but once you leave that, that that uh that door, you know, you got to be a consistent figure for the players. They got to know what's coming, what reaction, and how you want to play the game. And and sometimes you don't have the pieces to play it like you want to play it, but it doesn't mean the game's going to stop and anybody's going to feel sorry for you. Other teams are trying to beat your brains out. These are the best thirty teams in the world. Yeah. So it's a competitive place. There's a fine line between. That's why payrolls don't always equal wins. Oh, unfortunately, especially last year, BT and Sal on the fan talking with Buck Showalter. I, I know the the game has evolved, and I talk about Terry. I talk about this all the time with Terry Collins. You know, mm-hmm. the the old school guys are kind of being phased out a little bit. Although Buck, there's still a place for it where you've seen in recent years Dusty Baker have success, Bruce Bochy a year ago. God, that's what's so frustrating to me. I still believe in Bruce Bochy, in Dusty Baker, in Buck Showalter, but it seems the sport. Is does not anymore. Do you still think? Well, that look, yeah, go ahead. Well, look how look how long Ron Washington set out. Yeah, I mean, that's true. What, 70? I mean, Ronnie Ronnie's got a lot to offer. Watch the energy those guys play with out there. He just there's a real sincerity there, but they also understand the failings and, and you know how you handle those things. Being able to handle those things, and you know Bruce was such a calm hand when they were scuffling. I remember talking to Chris Young when they came to New York. They were going through a really tough patch, but uh, I'd, I'd managed Chris when he pitched in, uh, in Texas. Uh, he's a great general manager. He, he's, he's perfect for their situation, but uh, you know he had a lot of confidence and faith in, in Bruce's uh, calming influence, and it really worked out for him. You know, Buck, one thing, and this is probably what I couldn't wait to ask you most. I have no idea how you're going to answer this. I think this was a big piece of conversation for me and Sal and fans, quite frankly, last year. So... I, I know you didn't have the horses. Don't even comment on that. Guys went down. You guys were playing from behind. It was a tough spot. You did what you could do. Understood. Respect that. What I did not understand is your best player just keeps getting drilled. Drilled, drilled, drilled. Now, if you have to walk up to a pitcher and say, hey, you better do something, that pitcher probably doesn't have the stones to do it. Like, you should kind of know. But nobody defended Pete Alonso, And I, I think Met fans need to know why. Yeah, I, I understand what the, you know, you as a manager, I've stood at home plate when someone has blood coming out and they've been hit with a pitch and someone's gotten over emotional and somebody, you're wondering if somebody's life's in danger. 
But the same thing happens, you know, to Pete. Nobody's more frustrated about it than me. I went, you know, you go back through all of them because you as a manager have to be, okay, let's stop and think about the reality of this situation. And there are times, and we've talked about it all all year, last two years, in in our pregame meetings and stuff. You know, you have to certainly look at things realistically. Okay, was he intentionally trying to hit him? Then you reach at a point where does it matter anymore? You know, it's been happened so much. Yeah. But but what happens, you're the one that's responsible. Are you going to walk in and tell somebody who doesn't know where the ball, like if Edwin Diaz or whoever, it's a hard road to, to, to navigate for a manager because, you know, I don't go up and tell somebody I want you to hit this guy and then all of a sudden he's supposed to hit him in the the calf or the thigh and it gets away from him, hits him in the head and, and you're the one responsible for it. You know, you've got to think about the ramifications of your actions. You've got to think through it before you just emotionally react. And I got to tell you, that because of the lack of command, the way they've cracked down on the sticky stuff, I think the biggest problem is the command. These guys are throwing the baseball at their chasing velocity all the time. And through it, they've lost a lot of command. Mm-hmm. And you see them getting hit with breaking balls. You see them getting hit with change-ups, and everybody gets mad and this and that, whatever. And what is the, the per, what is the intent of the pitcher? Did he really mean it? And if he didn't mean it and it was an accident, what type of action should you take? You know, well, and then yeah. how much? How much is enough? Is enough? You know, we got frustrated so much that at some point, where there was, we got hit one time in Atlanta five times, and none of them were intentional. They were just, they were all just pitches that got you. You can tell. Yeah, but, but don't you? But, 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 but yeah, don't, but don't you think after a while that the optics matter? And listen, you could do. You know, without a to, doubt, without a okay, doubt. Okay, yeah, it was frustrating for me. Believe me, I thought P, I thought Pete should have charged the man. Right, somebody's got to do some, something. If you don't want to throw a bolt, just charge somebody and start throwing haymakers. The guy's two hundred and fifty pounds. They're taking liberties twenty times a year. They're putting his career in jeopardy. I, I thought he looked soft. Well, Pete's not soft. I know he's not, but I thought he looked soft with that. Pete Pete also thought about the fact he gets suspended five five or ten games. But sometimes there's there's an end game. You have to sacrifice things to to get a different mentality, so to speak. But, you know, is it going to change? I think a lot of it's got to do with the way pitching's being taught. I I really do. You're seeing hit by pitches, the, the, the rate at what it's at. And, you know, I think uh, the baseball is obviously slick, especially early in the year. And uh, it's an issue. I've always – I'm not one of those guys that complains about things without having a solution. I've always thought they should have a pitching rag just like they've got a hitter's rag, you know, where these guys can grip the baseball. When when it's 40 degrees outside and the wind's blowing, it's like grabbing a watermelon seed and trying to throw it. It's tough on them. But, yeah, there's nobody more frustrated than me and and Pete – uh, knew how valuable he was to the club, and he didn't want to get down on their level. But believe me, Pete, if he ever got his hands on somebody, I'll, I'll take Pete. Last one from me, Buck, and we appreciate the time. BT and Sal on the family with Buck Showalter. I know you got to run here in, in, a, in a minute or so. You know, off of the heels of that, the most disappointing thing to me about this team that you led the last couple years, not just the core, but the way that they didn't respond after getting swept by Atlanta, losing the division, not getting off the mat in the postseason, and then even last year having a chance still in June in Atlanta, not getting off the mat. To me, that showed a, maybe a weakness with the core group or or lack of having a leader. Nimo, Lindor, Alonzo. Is there a leader, a captain in those out of those three? And if not, why not? Oh, without a doubt. You know, these guys, they, they, they lead through their actions. They lead, you know, I'm, I listen, I hear the things they say every day. 
And, you know, when you're not pitching well and certain things are, are happening, it, they're not the issue. They're, they're, they're quality human beings and good players, and they care about winning. They care about doing the right thing. You don't have to worry about them off the field. They, uh, they take the responsibility of being a big leaguer very seriously, and, they, and they're good citizens. So I would, I would embrace them, be proud of them. I, I don't, you know, so, leadership's but- not all, always screaming and yelling and, and doing things. Sometimes it's just, just by your actions. But these guys, first of all, Atlanta guys, is real, real good. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're not. Yes. They're not good. They're real good, and they good. got better when when they traded for the catcher from Oakland. I yep. said, "Oh, gosh, are you kidding me? That's one of the best best additions anybody made last year under the radar." And they just didn't. You know, one through nine, they they just put a good team on the field. They defended. They yeah, pitched. They yeah, threw out the bullpen. Yeah, but, but you had them. I understand Buck. what you're saying. Yeah. Well, all you had to do is win one game down there. And I know it's not your fault. The pitchers didn't get the job done. The players didn't get the job done. Even with blowing the division. And again, you tied. But then the postseason, there was no response. They didn't rebound. The guys didn't look like the same team that won 101 games. And then the following year, again in Atlanta, with Scherzer and Verlander on the mound, didn't get it done. I know Atlanta is good, but you guys were good too. And that was what's disappointing to me. It kind of crumbled, and I just hey, I never got the hey, feel of that toughness. Let me tell you, it was disappointing to me too. And <laughs> it was disappointing to the players and because it didn't reflect who they were and what they were capable capable of and because we didn't solve that that's probably why i'm sitting here talking to you yeah well listen i mean another team could hire you it would be a great hire uh a little tv work coming up what do we what do we got on the agenda here buck i know you're not done talking shop so what's next for you uh, who knows we're getting close to that time of year where my wife goes don't you have some place to go something <laughs> please get <laughs> yes. out of my hair yes get me out no, of but here. it's it's uh you know, it's a great industry it's been an honor to be a part of it not a day goes by i don't realize how lucky i am the Mets were good to me. Uh, they got some good things ahead for them, and the fans should uh, should uh, be ready for it. And uh, you know, I wish them well. I wish the Yankees well. I'd like love to see them play in the World Series. But you know, the game has a funny way of uh, you know responding and being good to you if you're good to it. I keep telling the guys it'll let you up off the deck if you just stay true to it. And there's some there's some times in a season where you don't think the baseball guys are going to let you up, but they will if you just treat people like you'd like to be treated and the golden rule works good, but it's yeah. not always fair. If you're looking for something fair, you're probably going to enter into the wrong business. Wrong business. Well, that's one of the reasons why you've lasted 22 years. If it ends at 22 as a skipper, it's been, uh, one it's more been round. a hell of a I run. I one more round of Buckmiss. Mary Buckmiss. One more round, Buck. <laughs> wherever lunatic. you go, I follow. Oh, I don't God. care if it's Anaheim. I don't care where it is. San Diego, <laughs> wherever you go, Buck, I follow. I believe in Buckmiss. What if he takes over for Boone? I'm fine with that. Let's go, Yankees. (laughs) There we go, Buck. He's going to convert, man. You're the man, Buck. Thank (laughs) Thank you, you, Buck. Guys, appreciate you having me. Y'all take care. It's Bye-bye. a pleasure, man. He is, uh, he's, he's just a great one, man. Buck was awesome. Uh, Buck was awesome. You know, I yelled to him one time. I told this story before on the air. I don't know if I told it to you. He came back for the first time in New York with the Diamondbacks. Okay. Uh, I want to say it was their inaugural game with the Mets. Could have been 98, I guess it was, right? Their first year in the league. 98 and sounds very right. I was down by the Mets, behind the Mets dugout, as a fan, you know, during batting practice. And here comes Buck walking along. And I yell out, Hey, Buck! And he turns, you know, because I yelled loud at a good voice. He turns and I go, Yankees suck! <laughs> and he, he gave me that smirk like, yeah, they do. You remember they uh, let him go and all that? It was of great. course, of course. Oh, my God. That was good. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. 
Call of the Day with Brandon Tierney and Sal Licata on The Fan. All right, today's Call of the Day brought to you by Ramsey Mazda. Choose wisely, choose Ramsey Mazda. Jerry's up in the Bronx. What's going on, Jer? BT, what's happening? Jerry, how are you, pal? Jerry! (laughs) Well, you guys... Guys, make my day. You don't understand. I take my phone when you guys are on the app. Even when I go in the bathroom, I listen to you guys. That's I mean, awesome. uh, it, it's, it's an addiction. I love it. Well, thank it's you. It's great radio. That's all I can tell you. As he flushes the toilet. <laughs> all right, there it is. The short version. Yeah. Obviously, had a long chat with Buck. Let's get back to you guys here. Whether it's the Buck stuff, the Yankees not doing quite enough. They told us they were going all in. They have it. Paul's in Newark. Paul, BT, and Sal, what's going on? What's going on, boys? How you been? We good. What's, What's up, up Paul? dude? Uh, awesome, man. What's up, Sal? You guys gotta you're killing me, man. You guys just stop with the Yankees have to do this big free agent moves all the time. I ask you a question. During the championship run, what was one big free agent that the Yankees signed? Well they got pitchers. They got pitchers. Who? They brought in well, first of all, they brought in David Wells. Then they brought in Roger oh. Clemens. Before that, they're burning David Cohn to get everything going. What, are we talking talk about the Yankees? We're ignoring 2009 yes. or no? Just I, I, I'm, I'm just, just working my way out. From 96 okay. to 2001. Right. Basically, there wasn't a really a big free agent that they brought in, really not like the mega ones. It happened after 2002 when Giambi, and then they started piling on with all these free right, agents. Right, so then why'd they, so why they get Juan Soto then? Like I'm saying. Well, did the, wait, whoa, whoa, did, the Yankees, did the Yankees from 96 to 2001 have any stars the caliber of Aaron Judge and Juan Soto? No, they didn't. Okay. And they won. Okay. Right. But, they, but they had those guys. It's, it's totally different. Yeah, you're right. So my point is from 2002 to 9, they spent and spent. And they didn't really amount to anything. You're not wrong. No, no, you're not wrong with that. Although you do overlook the acquisition of Tino because he came over to well, replace Donnie. Well, it was a trade. Well, I, I, no, trade. I, I understand that he came with Jeff Nelson. I know, but exactly. he also so, w- was their number four hitter with you know with massive power. And anyway, it's still early. Yeah, it's it, also still early with these big free agents. None, none of them really uh, signed. Okay, I guess. And Paul, and who was the biggest uh, trade that the Yankees made during the spring training? Wasn't it A Rod? Yeah, it's a it's a while ago, dude. Yeah, I know, but it happened during spring training. Yeah, but My Paul, look at this, Paul. Here's what, here, Paul, they, they hold on one sec. Here, Paul, here's what we're saying. The the Yankees' second-best pitcher right now is not reliable or good enough for the Yankees to be thought of as a legitimate World Series team, and that's a problem. No. And what what happens if he has a rebound season? Are you going to eat your words? Or yes, not? happily. But right now, he was All awful right. last year, and he looks okay. like he's a misfit so for New York City. So who would you rather have, Bauer or uh, Trevor Bauer? I'd rather have Bauer. I don't blame you. I think we should go for him. Me but too. Yeah, we're going to go after him because it's all bunch of it's PR. They're not going to go after him because they don't want to deal with the PR. So they don't right. hold him out. Right, but why do you need Bauer, Paul? I mean, they don't need good players, the Yankees, because apparently that's what happened in the dynasty years. They didn't get any good players. Well, think about this, Come Sal. On. Paul, thanks for the call. They're a little bit all over the map, but I I, I know what you're saying, but it's it's not completely applicable. Yeah, they you're not also wrong entirely. They, they drafted and developed in a that's a where it's a dynasty drafted, core. Jeter drafted, yeah. Bernie drafted. Yeah. Then you trade but, Roberto Kelly for O'Neill. That helps. Whatever. You bring in Boggs, right. Charlie Hayes. You know, guys okay. with the ancillary pieces. Here's, here's yeah, I get all, it. Here's what I'll counter. Tim Brains. Did Brian Cashman do that? No. Okay, so there that you go. That was Bob so, Watson so and it, Stick it has nothing to do with it because it's a different general manager, and the sport has changed. You're talking about almost 30 years ago, for goodness sake. Like, I come on. It. So the Yankees don't want to go the extra, extra. And they're spending money, but I'm talking about the extra measure monetarily. They don't want to give up prospects. And 
you know, they, they, I don't know. It just seems like it's, it's a step, it's a step short. And that's really been the gist of the show. Frank's up in Yonkers. What's going on, Frankie? What's going on? Hey. What's up, Frank? Hey, I got two, I got two moves that the Yankees can win the division and get to the World Series. Go ahead. Get Arias the second baseman from the Marlins and trade Torres for Corbin. Those two moves, that guy's an electric player. You put him in the leadoff spot. Torres for right who? In front of Soto Who'd you uh, say? Darius is the second baseman. No, no, who do you want to trade? Trade, trade Torres for who? For the for a pitcher. Which pitcher? Torres which one? For, uh, what? What happened? Which which pitcher? Oh, no, I'm you... sorry. Uh, it's the okay. pitcher that the Yankees are after right now. You got it. Who? Who are they? Uh, Corbin uh, Burns. Sure. Dylan Cease. All right. I'm no, no, no. The picture that they uh, that they after right now. Uh, Cor- what's it, Corbin? Corbin Burns. No, Burns, Burns, Burns. Yeah, Burns. he sorry, got Burns. traded to the Orioles, and that's what I thought you were going. And thank you yeah, for the call. It, it, it's all good, Frank. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's too late. Oh, Rise, what's his deal? Is he available for the Marlins? I thought I, I thought read somewhere a while be. ago that oh, he might I'd be. I'd love to see him. Yeah, but that's not what they need anyway. What I'm do not saying they don't need. I'm not saying you hit every year. Well, I mean, what's he hit? No, he's terrific. They don't need that. You imagine him batting first, and then Soto second, and then Judge third, yeah. and then you could just bat Volpe ninth? Yeah, but but we're talking about pitching is their biggest issue well, here. Whether it's bullpen, whether it's starting rotation. I think rotation. the bullpen's fine. I'm not saying it's number one. Bullpen right. is it's absolutely not. top ten coming into, coming into the season. Yeah, but my issue is that they needed they knew they needed an arm, yeah. and instead of getting Josh Hader, who is unquestionably the best on the market, they went and got Caleb Ferguson. Who might be good for them, but yeah, he's not going to be Josh Hader. It's funny. The one thing that can't, well, I don't say the. I don't one even thing, love Clay Holmes as a closer. He's pretty good. I don't he know. Did. I don't know pretty if I good. fully trust him. He's is he like seventh or eighth best closer in baseball? Probably. How, how many wins do you think Fine. the? He's good. How uh, who? How many wins do you think the Yankees will have this year? Roughly, like you're. Rough uh, I'd say right now. Do they make another move or no? No. Ninety. I'd say probably ninety three, ninety four. Mets. What? What's your estimate there? Seventy eight. Right. Seventy seven. And, and if I ask you who's got a better bullpen, Mets or Yankees, right now, your answer would be. I would say, quite frankly, I, unless you're just an uber stat nerd, then any any answer I give you was just kind of a guess because there's names that I honestly. Don't even really know. Well, here's the thing you do. Here's the problem, though. Even if I was to say that the Mets bullpen is better on paper, going okay, into no, the year, even, and I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that we can't have that conversation. It very well right. might be. It might, might be. I know. Well, that's the point. But the Mets know, but, stink, and well, their bullpen is still yeah. at the very least on par. It's definitely with on the Yankees par. who are trying to win a World Series. It's on par, and it and might I think be it's better. Well, with Diaz, I mean, Diaz right. is as good as it gets. So at the end, it's definitely better, and all the other stuff moving up to it might mm. very well be better. The problem is. You know, the Mets are missing too much other stuff where I think the bullpen is mitigated. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many leads are they going to have? Right, and I understand that, but my point is you're trying to put together a championship team all in. The least you could do is build a good bullpen or a better bullpen than certainly the Mets who are projected to win 80-something games. Yeah, but the Mets might have a really good bullpen and the Yankees are in the neighborhood. I don't know if it's as – I know what you mean. I don't think it's as problematic. Okay, if that's the premise, I I don't push back because I wanted more too. Start debating myself. I want more too. What are you doing? I'm all twisted here, Sal. All right, BT and Sal back on the fan. Brandon Tierney, Sal Licata. Uh, Buck was good. Hopefully, you guys appreciate or enjoyed that. Uh, we got Dice on Thursday. Dice is going to roll back in. Again? The Dice man, he wants to come hang. Hey, all right. Works for me. Says he likes us. He says he likes the energy on the show. Going to talk some Super Bowl with him this time. Yes, yes. Find out, you know, I would have thought, you know, where he grew up, right? He'd be a Mets guy. He said he was a sports fan. When we talked to him off the air, he said he watches it, but doesn't really talk about it. Yeah, well, you know, we'll yeah. 
We'll talk a little more sports with this. Time. Wait, we will we? Who knows? For an That's hour what straight. we're going to go for another, yeah, another filibuster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. With BT and Sal. Hey. BT and Sal do the fucking. <laughs> you understand? No, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. We'll have some fun with that. Thursday. Also, Baseball Card World Series, BT and Sal uh, tied up at two. We got that coming up this week. What's going on, John, in New Haven? How are you? Good. Uh, how you guys doing? Good. Well. What's up, Johnny? Um, so my question was for Sal, who's saying that the Yankees can't make up the 20 games on the Orioles. Um, the 2022 Yankees finished 16 games up on the Orioles. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, did they add Juan Soto in the offseason? I'm not sure what your point is. First of all, I never said they can't. I said that if the Yankees were 10 games better and the Orioles were nine games worse this year, then they would be even. There's a lot of ground to make up from where the Yankees were last year to where the Orioles are. It's as simple as that. I don't think Juan Soto was enough. Hey, but if you think okay. the, if you think the Yankees are that much better than the Orioles and you think the Yankees are a championship team, more power to you. That's great. I mean, they haven't been to a World Series since 2009. I don't know why you're not as upset as I am. That's my issue. Let me get Greg and Matasquan. Greg? Hey, how are you? What's up, Greg? Uh, a few, very good. A few very good points by you guys. Matasquan. Um, had some good nights in Manasquan back in the day. <laughs> I did. But the Osprey, right? The Osprey, right? Yes. The Osprey? Yes, like Oh, God almighty. So, Oof. so <laughs> Bellinger would have been – I every time I speak to different people, Bellinger would – they're like, oh, no, no. Bellinger would have been the better sign because conceivably you have this guy three, four years. He's younger, can play first base like you guys said. Okay, you lose – you're going to take the chance. You're going to lose Verdugo at the end of the year, and you might lose Soto. And and like you said, Cashman is throwing a bucket of water at a burning house. Mm. Like he, you still don't have a third baseman. You, you don't know if Lemay is going to stay healthy. This guy, that's another twenty million dollars a year for for a for a utility guy. Like this, these problems started a long time ago, and it goes back to your point saying that he just you know reacts and goes and gets, and he's not building for the future. Yeah. Well, there's several different plans at play. Greg, thanks for the call there, buddy. That's like, I understand that sometimes you got to break stride and, you know, abruptly shift course because whatever you originally were subscribing to doesn't work. But, you know, I I think they do that too often. Like the Knicks, they have a clear vision. They stuck with it. Look, they lied to us. That's the bottom line. And we're talking about the Yankees. They said all in. They said all in while the offseason. They made one all in move with Soto. They didn't follow up. Now, they've addressed other holes. You know, mm-hmm. I like Verdugo. I do think they're going to be really good. They did not tell us the complete truth. Well, the Mets, they did. We don't have to like well, it. I mean, no, we don't like it. But the truth is what they're doing. They said what they were going to do, and they're doing it. The big difference there. Nothing. Yeah, wow. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Minimal. <laughs> the minimal Tiki. Mets. Uh, I hear you. Evan and Tiki coming up next. Thanks to Buck. We will see you tomorrow. Have an awesome Tuesday. We got to go. Bye-bye.